thank you for visiting ChristopherMedia.net. Thank you for downloading Sporgy for free on iTunes or from ChristopherMedia.net. Please make sure to rate Sporgy five stars on iTunes and help to tell others about Sporgy by leaving a comment. Thank you for following Sporgy on Twitter at Sporgy Podcast and on Instagram at Sporgy underscore podcast. Please follow Sporgy on Facebook to like and share Sporgy. You can also email the show. The address is Sporgy at ChristopherMedia.net. If you would like to donate to Sporgy, you can click on the PayPal button at ChristopherMedia.net. If you use Amazon.com, please click and bookmark the Amazon link at ChristopherMedia.net. It will not cost you any extra money, and you will help to support Sporgy. If you are looking to launch your own website, please click through the HostGator banner at ChristopherMedia.net. Christopher Media uses HostGator to host all of the shows produced by the Christopher Media Network. When you click through the HostGator banner at ChristopherMedia.net and sign up for HostGator, you're helping to support Sporgy. We know that choosing the perfect gift for a man is a difficult task, but not anymore. TheBroBasket.com is here to help. We all know men are hard to shop for, but what do guys actually like? Their favorite alcohol, that's what. It could be craft beer, wine, whiskey, scotch, or tequila. TheBroBasket.com will put it in a gift basket full of their favorite gear and goodies. You can customize your own bro basket or choose from a variety of different bro baskets, like the Ultimate Import Sampler, the Jack and Coke gift set, or the Junior Executive gift basket. Boozeless, but still cool, bro baskets are also available. TheBroBasket.com gives you many shipping options to choose from, including rush delivery and Saturdays. 21 and over, please. State and local laws apply. Beer, wine, and liquor are not available for shipping in all states. You can help to support Christopher Media by clicking through the BroBasket.com banner at ChristopherMedia.net. Men used to be hard to shop for. TheBroBasket.com Christopher Media. Let's make some noise. Welcome to Sporty, the show that gives you half-assed sports fans giving their half-assed opinions. Now, here are your hosts, Chris and Ridge. God damn it, I gotta fix that. All right. Uh, and Iceman. I know, right? And, and Iceman. Yeah. <laughs> number 24. Who's 24? Bob Probert. There Bob we go. And, yes, in Memorial. Miguel Cabrera. Yeah. Some greats at 24. Yeah, I'm Chris. I'm Rich. Oh, did we lose him? He's the Iceman. No, I'm the Iceman. Oh, there he is. <laughs> Marshawn Lynch. Oh, yeah. Kobe Bryant. Beast Mode. Jordan Kobe Jr. Bryant, Cadillac Ken Williams. Feet. Ken Griffey. 24 is really, it's got a lot of great players on that number. I mean, if you want to go NASCAR, Gordon. I mean, and you know, he's a he's a divisive figure in NASCAR, but still, you can't argue with wins. He had a streak there that was pretty strong. Speaking of speaking of NASCAR, our resident NASCAR expert, the Iceman, <laughs> brought up something to us in uh, show prep update. today. Something that, that Chris and I would have missed. So the floor is yours, sir. Please go ahead. Oh, don't feel bad. Everybody's pretty much missed it. ESPN, I, I think, talked about it the day it happened, and then you haven't seen it since then because I of have, I got all, an alert all, about it. Uh, yeah, Jimmy Johnson won the NASCAR Cup. Uh, you know, he won his championship. It's the seventh. Uh, ties him with Richard Petty and Dale Earnhardt. You know, no big deal. It's just the hardest thing to do in sports. But, you know, let's just bypass that. It? Well, I mean, for people who don't know, Richard Petty is, first of all, even if you don't follow NASCAR, the names Richard Petty and Dale Earnhardt should stick out. Huh. Let's be honest. Even if you don't follow, like, golf, 
you know who the fuck Tiger Woods is. I lived in Arnold Palmer, <laughs> Western Michigan, when Dale Earnhardt died. You would have thought Jesus came back to life and got crucified all over again. It was the okay. same thing once you got out of Wayne County here. Yeah, except for like Redford. <laughs> me, me and every NASCAR person I know was crying. I could but not believe that. Richard Petty was known as the king. I mean, that's just what he was known as. Right. While he was still racing. That's what they called him. If they said the king's in the lead, you were you didn't no NASCAR fan, even casual fan was like, who are they talking about? Everybody knew. Like even that much I know. Because my grandfather knew someone on his pit crew and they would come to uh what is it, MIS? Where they mm-hmm. where they race? Mm-hmm. We got uh uh uh, crew passes when I was, I mean, I was so young. I just, the only memories I have of are the pictures. But there's pictures of me, like, with his crew and, like, my grandfather and my grandmother and me with him. And I'm like, I don't remember any of that, but cool. It'll make for a good story someday. And here we are. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, it took in, 35 you know, years Dale for Earnhardt, a payoff, but you got it. Right. And Dale Earnhardt's the Intimidator, one of the dirtiest racers there were. But, I mean, he was a hell of a driver. And, you know, we talk about basketball and football and everything back in the day and the differences now. It is the same in racing, actually, because back in the day, you could rub. And what I mean, if you don't follow NASCAR by rub, is bump into the other guy with a car going over 200 miles an hour. And if it sent him spinning and into a wall and flipped over and you're on fire, well, that's what happens. Today, if you touch him, you get black flagged, you get pulled into the pit, you get penalized. It, it, it's terrible today. Well, unless, you're so Tony, unless you're Tony Stewart, then apparently you can run people over. <laughs> yeah, but he did that on a dirt track, and it wasn't a NASCAR. And there's so many speculations of he moved, he didn't move, he accelerated, he didn't accelerate. Bottom line, man ran a man over, killed him. I think he should have been prosecuted. That's a personal opinion. If you ever get involved in NASCAR, it's like... <laughs> Tasting a fine wine. Once you taste fine wine, you don't want the $3 stuff. Come on, man. Come on. Don't pull out that Drew and Mike drop from like. <laughs> I was trying to just find the one who's like, what about NASCAR? You like NASCAR? <laughs> but, uh, but yeah, so, so NASCAR's evolved and it's changed and it's gotten to a playoff section where it's called Chase for the Cup now. You have to do so many things right on the track, lead so many laps, earn so many points, win a race of three. You know, and it gives everybody supposedly an equal shot at winning the championship now. But it's it it's very difficult to win the championship. And for somebody like Jimmy Johnson to come in and do you know win seven, I mean, it's good. It, it's it's a milestone in and of itself. Like I said, it's tied the great Richard Petty, the King, the Intimidator, Dale Earnhardt. That's great that he's tied it. But again, he did it in an era that's different than when they did it. And it's 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 hard statistically now to win a cup back then it was hard because you had to race your car you had to build your car you didn't have what's called a restrictor plate it's a plate they put over the carburetor to limit how fast the car would go you know you, you had to tune your car you had to make sure things held properly you had to adjust for track conditions you had to do so many different things back then that nowadays it's it's all done by computers and and I don't know. It's just so basically, a good pit crew could be the difference between you winning and you losing a race. Back in the day, yeah. Today, no. 
Today, you could have Jiffy Lube doing your pit crew and still win because of statistics. But back then, a matter of fact, Dale Earnhardt's pit crew was called the Flying Aces. Sorry. Dale Earnhardt's pit crew was called the Flying Aces, and they were called that because of how fast they could change four tires, fill up a car, clean off a windshield, and get them back out on the track. They, they did it, I think, in under 10 seconds. Four tires, a full tank of gas, and clean them off, clean off his windshield and get him on the track. It was insane. You could say that 10,000 times and it know. still wouldn't be enough. It fires me up, man. I love it. Say it one more time. Shake it back! <laughs> Does that feel good? Yeah. <laughs> Talladega Nights, right? Yeah. <laughs> oh, man. It, it used to be, you know, everybody makes fun of NASCAR. Oh, look, they're making a left turn. They're making a left turn. But there was so much. Once you got into the sport and followed it, there was so much preparation that had to go into them making a left turn that you're so proud your car's still in it, you know, halfway through the race because I, of how much preparation has to go into it. You know, I know we're, we're, we're supposed to keep an open mind, but I'm just one of those guys. You're never going to talk me out of, I think the car does most of the work. Oh, God, no. Hell no. Fuck. No. Uh-uh. No, not even close. Huh? The car is very, very – the car is like the fucking football, dude. There's no machines helping out football players. Hockey players, baseball players. No. no, the car is like a football. The football is not going to go downfield far enough if the quarterback doesn't have the power to throw it. Yeah, but still, it's, it, it, I know. I just, I've, I've always been had trouble calling it a sport. Like if the guys got out and did a foot race, I think we're more in the realm of sports. But I'm, no, 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 no. That way, you want to talk about are they athletes? You have to be in pretty good shape to hold a car at 200 miles an hour yeah, on a huge incline in a bank of a turn. I'm just sport, saying. An athletic competition? Well, there you've you got to define how you see sports. Is it is it an athletic competition or is it a competition to decide a winner? Well, I will say this. I'll say this. This is just it, a straight competition. I mean, I don't think esports are a sport either, so trust me. I'm not just picking on NASCAR either. I, I will say this. I've had quite a few people over the years do their best to get me into NASCAR and I pretty much look at NASCAR like I look at any religion. I'm like, eh, okay, if you like it, more power to you. Just keep it to yourself. Um, but I was, you know, one time I, I, I went to a friend of mine. I was like, you know, okay, look, why, why, are, why do you consider these guys athletes? And he started talking about, you know, the endurance it takes, sitting in the car, concentration, Split second hand-eye coordination, being able to judge on a on a split second could mean you know life or death. And he basically threw it out there. He's like, "There's probably more at stake in NASCAR races than there is your average, you know, non-contact sport." And I'm like, "Well, okay. I mean, in that way, I guess they are. If they have to have some sort of athletic ability, they have to have endurance. They have to have hand-eye coordination. They have to have." a high IQ at what they're doing. I mean, that doesn't mean that, you know, these are Menza members driving around a track, but let's be honest, you know, how many how many football players you know are road scholars, you know, but they have a high football IQ. So I, I, I've just, it's just something I just don't argue about anymore. It's like, uh, it's something that I have to take someone's word for. I've never, I've never even been in a NASCAR. I have been around Formula One cars, and I can tell you what, you better be a very skinny, small man to fit in one of those things. That's all I'm going to say. <laughs> yeah, and to get in a NASCAR today... That's mostly European dudes. 
to get into NASCAR today is very difficult because of the changes that I'm talking about with, you know, the, the chase for the cup, the quote-unquote playoff type style, and the restrictions and the rules and every. It's just not as, it, it's not as, I, I want to say competitive. You know, I, I'm trying to make a case that, you know, NASCAR is a sport, because it is, but nowadays, ugh, I mean, it's just, it's definitely a very, very much more sissy sport than compared to what it used to be. So this music is appropriate, is what you're saying? <laughs> <laughs> Uh, but too, and I guess I could say I've also I used to live with a couple of NASCAR fans, and even they aren't that into it. They'll watch the start of the race, and then it's something they check back on in between breaks from the football game. Okay, for somebody that doesn't follow NASCAR, is not even in that it, it, close to what NASCAR is. You got to understand, NASCAR starts at lap one, and it'll finish in maybe uh, lap four hundred, five hundred. And, you know, some lap, some uh, tracks are huge. Talladega is huge. You know, Bristol's very small. You can get 20 laps in under 10 minutes. But, uh, you know, some tracks are extremely large. And to go around that track for any length of period of time is going to take hours. So, yeah, checking back, you know. But, I mean, I'll make the same case. Is golf then a sport? Um. There's at least athleticism involved in trying to get the really and getting the ball to the hole absolutely you've got to be kidding me yeah you're gonna say that and then listen to what rich said about the athletics of the man that has to be able to have split second eye hand-eye coordination has to endure hours behind a wheel holding a huge 2,000 pound car on a high banking turn for hours. I would argue it takes better hand-eye coordination to golf. You ever swung, you ever, you ever swung a golf club? <laughs> yes. Not at a putt-putt course? Yes. Just saying. I would argue it probably takes more hand-eye coordination to play golf than it does to... I, 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 I rest in what we've already said, the fact that... Can we at if, least... If, go ahead, I'm sorry. If, if I miss my swing, okay, I'm not going to die. If I miss a, by a smidgen... Of a turn, I could spin out, flip over, and die. Okay, and I mean, can we at least? That's more you about know, reflexes that, and hand eye. Can we? Can we at least agree that there are certain athletes where you see that they're getting, they may be gifted in one sport. They're just not athletes all around because I've seen plenty of guys like Charles Barkley. He comes to mind. Uh, I hear Jordan's a pretty good golfer, but. Barkley has a horrible swing. I don't. I I hate golf. Golf is a, is is a good way to ruin a, a, a nice walk, in my opinion. But I, even I know when I see Barkley swing that club that he does not <laughs> nice swing. That athleticism on the on the court did not did not transfer itself over to the golf course. So I mean, it's just different skill sets. I just whatever. I mean, Jesus, it's like arguing with someone about. Is wrestling real? No, it's scripted. But if they don't know what the fuck they're doing, they could get killed in that fucking ring. So is it real in that aspect? Yes. Are they athletes in that aspect? Yes. They have to be in good physical shape. It's Even the fact. 
Yeah, I mean, <laughs> I'm just saying, even Yokozuna was a better athlete than most motherfuckers that were watching him, you know? And as a big biscuit-eating motherfucker, so... I don't know. Rikishi? Okay, and just to sum this up, good on Jimmy. Congratulations on number seven. It's a hell of a, you know, hell of a celebration milestone. Well, he's only what? He's only in his early 40s, right? Or even is it late 30s? He's even Jimmy, younger than that. Yeah, he's young as shit. So, I mean, this isn't... This no, this isn't, isn't like, the end. Yeah, this isn't like him going out like Peyton Manning and Jerome Bettis. Him going, okay, I won seven, see you later. There could be more to come, so... Oh, definitely. Absolutely could. I mean, in in his sport, his competition, however you want to view it, obviously the man is at the top of the heap. You know what I'm saying? It's just all there is to it. Even if you, it's like, even if you don't like Tom Brady, even if you don't like football, yeah, if you understand the game of football, you're like, okay, Tom Brady's won a lot of championships. <laughs> right. It's all there is to it. You can't argue with that. Yeah, I'm Hardware not, don't lie. I'm not a fan of the man, but God damn it, he's got a lot of rings. At some point, you can't. There, there gets to a point with a lot of these guys like Tom Brady where you can't argue with the results. It's like, and any and any arguing is just, even though I hate the term, hating at that point. I mean, once he got to he's number four, right? Or he's got three. No, he's got four. Yeah, once he got to the last <laughs> one, I that was the tipping point for me. It's like, well, I can hate him all I want, but God damn, you know, he can now fill up each finger on one hand with a Super Bowl ring. Can't argue with excellence. Well, see, and, you know, that's a lead-in to the NBA. Popovich, why are you so mad? They won. I'm the best there is, plain and simple. I mean, I wake up in the morning, I piss excellence. That's a direct quote from Popovich's press conference. (laughs) Well, explain... Dude, you gotta explain what you're talking about. <laughs> if someone who's, who's after like, after the Spurs Mavericks game last night, Greg Popovich does a brief conference where he just totally tears down his team, saying that they had a pathetic effort in a winning game out of the Aaron Rodgers playbook. I mean, it, no, it it was like Aaron Rodgers playbook on steroids, just totally tore him down. Tell him how bad. My bad. Sorry. Tell them how bad of a job they did, how there was no effort, it was pathetic, and went on and on and came back out, went went into the locker room, came back out and said, oh, and the Mavericks should have won that game. What the hell is wrong with you people? It's another quote. I just, in a winning game, how do you do that? And the commentators on ESPN says, well, that's what good coaches do. You use this as a coaching tool. As a teaching technique, you're in November, it's early in the season, you weren't happy with the effort. Okay, but you do that shit behind closed doors. You don't come on national TV after just winning a game, being 11-3 and to start the season, and tell them how terrible they did. No, you don't do that. Hey, but you know what? Kind of dovetails with what we were just talking about. Can't argue with that guy's hardware. I think Popovich has a lot of fucking rings. I don't want to argue with his hardware. I don't. But if Tom Brady wins by one point and Belichick comes out and goes, that was a pathetic effort and that was terrible. I could see that coming from Belichick, Which he would never do. I could see Belichick going, we got lucky on that one. I could totally see Belichick. No, no, no. Saying we got lucky, saying, you know, things went our way and everything. Saying that, that's one thing, okay? But coming out and totally tearing down and berating your team and telling them how pathetic of a job they did, 
and how horrible they were and that they deserved to lose that game. No, he would never. Maybe he saw a level of play that he was like, "Listen, if this is if this is going to be all season, uh-uh, no, we're, we're not going to do anything." You got that's, lucky tonight. I'm with you. I'm with you. But you do that shit behind closed doors. That's true. You, you praise you, you praise in public, uh, discipline in private. So it's like a, it's like leadership 101 there. I'll give you that. Especially when you fucking win, you gather them around, say, "Hey, you know, it was a good win." We got lucky on that, but let me talk to you for real for a minute. That was pathetic. We didn't come out to play. I'll put this into play, though. Maybe that the locker room could have a lot different atmosphere this year. It's no Tim Duncan. We don't know how much of that locker room attitude Duncan was keeping in check. Maybe that's, now, maybe now he's got a little bit of the inmates running the asylum in the locker room, and that's this is his very way of keeping point. them in check. That's a very good point. He could he could very well be basically flopping his 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 dick out. And waving it in their face, going, "I don't care who the fuck you are. I don't care how much money you make. I'm the HNIC." And I mean, and I'm white. I, and I mean, it, it it doesn't it doesn't matter if we agree with it or not if it produces results. Well, you I mean, got to be careful though, because something like that you could lose the team over. No, you can, you can, and yeah, so, once I'm again, Greg I'm Popovich, not. A, see, ya. I'll go coach the fucking Lakers or somewhere else and win a couple more championships. You know, anyone who listens to the podcast knows I'm not a huge basketball guy. So I equate what Popovich has done to what other coaches have done in other sports. And I'm thinking of guys like, you know, Scotty Bowman. He used to flip out like that. And you can't argue with Scotty Bowman's record. Or, or if you don't even want to go through the sports route, like a drill instructor. Which would speak to if he feels the need to all of a sudden act like a drill instructor. And maybe, yeah, maybe that locker room doesn't have the vibe, for lack of a better term, the attitude, the 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 air about it that he wants it to have. Maybe, maybe those guys are okay. Yeah, we played good enough to win. That's good enough for us. And he, you know, some coaches don't accept that. Some coaches are like, you just want to be good enough to win. Well, that's not going to be good enough to get us to the finals and win that and win in the finals. And I can yeah. respect that, but you don't do that after a win. Scotty Bowman wouldn't have done that after a win. Oh, he did. He yeah. did. He did. And, I mean, there's other coaches that did the same thing. Carl Crawford out in, in, in uh, uh, Colorado was known to do it. I mean, there's there's John Tortellini. Uh, there's, I mean, baseball. Christ. <laughs> Billy Martin. I mean, Billy Martin, he was known for that. He was known for ripping his guys. Even him, he, Reggie Jackson and him damn near came to a to a fish fight in a dugout. And Reggie Jackson is Reggie Jackson. I mean, you know, when he when he went to New York in the, in what seventy seven, pretty much lifted that franchise to to the New York Yankees. We now, you know, we ignore the eighties and part of the nineties that we now think of when we think of the New York Yankees. Well, so do they. So it's okay. <laughs> yeah, I know, right? The only. Who'd you have on the team in the 80s? Don Mattingly. What position do you play? All of them. Okay, all right. Oh, it's kind of like around here when you bring up the Tigers in the 90s. We just kind of Bobby forget, Higginson. We just kind of forget <laughs> that happened. But No, I, and I, I agree. I think it's strange. I don't understand. But then again, I'm not a coach, and I've always been any, any time I'm in a position of leadership and I have people underneath me, I've always been the type to, as Chris said, pull people aside, away from other people. And I don't dress them down in front of others. But at the same time, <clears throat> I'll tell everybody right to get-go, I'm not going to praise you for doing your job because that's expected of you. So if you don't hear anything from me, don't think I'm ignoring you. No, no, news, it's just, no news is good news. 
you're doing your job, you know. And I could also argue this, too. Um, you could perhaps say that the NBA is probably the league that has the biggest egos out of all four sports. Definitely the egos are, I think, the biggest in the NBA. Well, think about it. The NBA is the only sport that one player makes as much of a difference as he does because it's such a limited roster. There's only so many guys on that yeah, bench. Only 12 dudes. One more than, than he's on an offense or a defense for a football team. Well, the, the the side note to this is that the Mavericks started four non-drafted players, and Popovich sat uh, Tony Parker and another starter and started two rookies for the first time in their career. It was their first start ever. So maybe maybe it's a little welcome to the NBA for the, for the rooks. Maybe <laughs> a little bit of that going on. Yeah, I, well, you can't haze anymore, so I guess it's up to the coach. I know, right? Well, I mean, at the same time, you're, you got your first start in the NBA, and you're like, fuck, yeah, we won. You suck it. You're pathetic. But, but we won. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you, Drill Sergeant. <laughs> pa- Popovich probably, yeah, we're the Spurs. That's what we do. Next. Don't get, yeah, exci- exactly. don't get excited. This is game 15 out of 82. There's a sign that hangs uh, in Joe Louis Arena, or it's painted, excuse me, in Joe Louis Arena, where the players walk out to take the ice, and it says, <laughs> to whom much is given, much is expected. And that is just, like, the attitude. It's just like Al Davis. Just win, baby. That's it. I don't want to hear anything else. I don't care. I don't care how, how long you grow your beard, how long you grow your hair, how much cocaine it takes you to, to get your dick hard to fuck your hooker on Saturday night. Show up Sunday ready to play and ready to win. So I mean, there's different philosophies for different teams, and maybe he's trying to instill instill this attitude into their culture. I mean, if he's got that many rookies, that's almost half his team. Think about it. I mean, that's a third of his team is rook is 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 rookies. You just said what four undrafted rookies? No, that was the Mavericks that started the four. He oh, started. I'm sorry. No, Spurs started two. Fresh out of the box rookies. Okay, so not not half his team, but yeah. Another thing you got to think about too half is there's probably a little bit more pressure on Popovich than the average professional coach. He's the only game in town professionally. There is no San Antonio football team, baseball team, hockey team. Nope, you got the Spurs, and that's it. <laughs> so it's probably a little bit more pressure on him to succeed. Only team in town. As a professional coach, as a professional coach, not just an NBA coach, just as a professional sports coach. You're the only game in town. You, you I mean, think about their sports talk radio has to suck because <laughs> it's just got to be all about the Spurs all the time. Maybe they throw little colleges in there, but in a town like that, he's probably under the microscope more than the average professional coach. Well, as someone who lived in Florida when Tampa just had the Bucks, uh, yeah, college, and then. They basically, you end up talking about, <laughs> you end up talking about every other team in the state. So I'm pretty sure they're talking about the Houston Astros, the Texas Rangers, et cetera, et cetera. Usually, usually people will pick a team if they're a baseball fan and they live in San Antonio. I'm sure they pick a team and they just go with it. So yeah. they just try to cover both. You go north or south. Speak, speaking, speaking of other, you know, talking about the only team in the city, you guys broke my heart. About the uh, Pistons? Oh, yes. Yeah, apparently, and I've been keeping an eye on it as as we've been recording here, uh, it is is official, according to local sports talk radio, that they are moving 
into the new Red Wings or Little, excuse me, Little Caesars Arena, yeah, downtown Detroit. Um, and they will be taking the Palace, which, I mean, when you look at it from the way it was put to me, you know, the Palace is what twenty six years old now. Was it eighty seven, eighty eight? Oh no, dude! No, I thought it was like not 80, 89, 90. Well, late 80s. Was we're, it? We're okay. At least in the we're in the same part of the decade. But I think it's late 80s. So I remember but it being the, built. I remember it being open. But the palace doesn't seem like it's like a. It's not a. It's not a rundown arena at all. No, I mean they not. still hold. They still hold concerts there. They have other events there. Well, the, Gore's just put a whole bunch of work into it when he bought the Pistons, didn't he? Uh. I believe so, yeah. Because it had like a bunch of work recently. But, yeah, it's not old, but apparently oh. it's going to be uh, sold to the highest auto company bidder because Auburn Hills, for those of you not local to the Detroit area, uh, it's pretty much where uh, most of the uh, two of the big three went. And so I know Christ is really big out there, but they're going to sell the palace uh, to an automotive company, and that's it for the palace. And the Illich Empire picks up. Uh, that breaks my heart. Local amphitheaters. Maybe they'll change it back to Pine Knob, huh? I highly doubt that. <laughs> but yeah, um, you're killing me. They took the Pontiac Silverdome out. Oh, who cares? It's still there, by the way. You can go probably you go visit it because it's still fucking there, isn't it? Or did yeah, they... if you got the right tools, you can actually pull a seat from it if you want. <laughs> yeah. Because the ceilings caved in. That place. They need to just. Palace is gone. They need to auction that place off to the highest bidder demolition company. <laughs> Blow that bitch up. Sell tickets to it. People can go get drunk and get in a fight on the site one I, last time. I, I've been looking for a light from this, and I guess the only thing that I can say is is good about this is the All Detroit four, Pistons will actually be in Detroit. All four teams will be downtown within walking distance of each other. It's good for downtown Detroit. Cares about downtown Detroit. People who live in Detroit. They they care. So, <laughs> a lot of hipsters with uh, trust funds and any businessman who's trying to gentrify the area. That's who cares about downtown Detroit. People who in live words, in the people, area. There's more jobs people, coming. People with money. So people without money. But you gotta, relative relative to them, we don't matter. Our opinion don't matter. But there's more. You got to like that. There's more businesses and jobs coming to the city. I mean, think. Of, Think about the downtown Detroit we all knew as kids compared to it now. It, it, trust me, I am definitely not the president of the Detroit fan club. I'm leaving the city. But you have to admit, it's two different places compared to when we were little. It's still two different places compared to the rest of Detroit. I mean, if you go from downtown and you drive far enough, you know, and when I say far enough, I'm talking a couple miles. That's where you start, That's where you take people who, who've never been to Detroit and they're like, Detroit ain't shit. And you start taking them, okay. So you drive a couple miles from downtown towards the east side, and you watch them start squirming in their seat. But isn't that how it is in any city, though? I squirming mean, in their seat? They duck. I, I used to work in New York. I mean, yeah, everyone, you see Times Square on TV in Manhattan, everything looks cool. No one was showing you where I was having to go for work. You know, you can so say I, the same thing in Chicago. You drive, south of down to, you drive south of downtown Chicago, it's a whole different fucking ball game. See, I've always found the East Coast, no matter what. When I've been to Philly, when I've been to New York, when I've been to, you know, Boston, I've always found those cities are just so old. They're just, like most old cities, they're just old and dirty. So even the nicer areas got a lived-in, grimy feel 
compared to like what I expected. I see. Like I know I I didn't expect like Vegas like everything shine to the to the max, but at the same time, you go to cert- certain parts of Detroit and <laughs> it'll look like It'll look like, yes, a combination of a bombed-out area, like post-war Berlin. And also, it can, it can even, if you hit the right stretch, look rural because there's just nothing open fields from them just plowing over houses. So they need to do something. And to be honest, it, it, it's, a, it's a lot of socioeconomic politics that go into another reason it's a big push for the Pistons move to Detroit, we have a lot of local people who... Perhaps if you stopped electing mayors that ripped off the taxpayers for decades. <laughs> start there. Yeah, we, have, we have a lot of local people who basically framed it as a racial issue. Why is a team that is predominantly black, that has predominantly black fans, that's debatable, but whatever. Why are they in Auburn Hills... <laughs> Instead of Detroit, and you have a lily white mullet head, pop, you know, fan population for the Red Wings, and they would be more at home in Auburn Hills, and their fans would be happier. And the real Detroiters, oh, so white people well, can't come to Detroit. Is that what you're saying? I'm not just you, the gentleman. I, I I'm not even going to dignify his name. He's a convicted felon. If you want, I gave you enough information to look it up, and you can make up your own mind because this is not a political show. I'm just telling you, in paraphrased form, what the man has said. Correct. So, I don't know, guys. My whole point is, being down here in Wichita, where I grew up, where I was born, you got Tiger Stadium gone, Pontiac Silverdome gone. Joe Lewis Arena, now gone. And the field's still there for Tiger Stadium. It's, it's yes, still, it is. It's still there at the corner of Michigan and Trumbull. The field right. You, you can actually there. go play ball on there. Yes, you go and, right and, now. And, you don't have to reserve it or nothing. You can play pickup game. And now the Palace, gone. Ooh, Which I don't is, care about the Palace. Go ahead. I really don't. I mean, it's where some of my first concerts. I was right down the street from the Palace when I went to college. I'm just saying. I saw Pantera on the Far Beyond Driven Tour. Sepultura opened for them. They were touring for uh, KSAD. That was back when they were still silly and putting fucking seats on the main floor at metal shows. Yeah, well, my first my first concert was at the Palace. Uh, I mean, if if you don't count like you know Fourth of July concerts in Florida on the boardwalk, which I don't. Uh, that was not for the win. That was Aerosmith and Joan Jett. That was 1990 for the Pump Tour. As long as it, until until I die or Alzheimer's takes over my mind, one of the two, I'll never forget it. So I, I mean, it, look, it's it's yes, it is good for the city of Detroit. It is good for those bars down there because you have a lot of bars that don't do business when the Wings play or the Tigers play because people are down there for the football games and. Now you're going to have people in those bars almost year round. Yep. And if, hey, a deep playoff run from the Pistons along with a deep playoff run for the Red Wings, oh, that's just April? cha-ching money. Yeah, it's going to be insane in April if that shit goes down. And it's literally going to be April in the D. Yeah, all up in the D. Not oh. that. I mean, I, Earl, I understand what you're saying. Let's bring back some memories you, for you, Rich. Here's, 
here's the deal, man. When I left, when I left Michigan and I was gone for a lot of years and I came back and I, I drove around, it might as well have been fucking social distortion story of my life playing. Cause I was like, holy shit, what the fuck happened to every place I knew? It, it, this shit changed that much in X amount of time. That's mm-hmm. just the way life is, man. Time, time stands still for no one, homie. No, I got you. And, and that's Father true. Time and, and, is undefeated. And you're right. The bars and economy of Detroit and all that. Yay. It's just the the childhood things that I grew up with and just grr. No, I got you. It's like when it's it's like when Sparky Anderson died. Yeah. The only one who grew up in Detroit who was a Tigers fan, when you heard Sparky Anderson died, you were like, Oh my god, it's like Yeah. It's like part it's like Ernie Harwell dying. It's like Bo Schembechler dying if you grew up in the, in this Detroit area. Even if you weren't necessarily a fan of U of M Someone or a fan a of the Tigers. Fixture of local culture. Yeah, you know, and it's like, holy shit. Like, it just reminded you that, you know, you're getting older. <laughs> it doesn't like matter what you do. Go, so it's going to go the down when Mr. Rillich dies, man. Same shit. The palace. Those are iconic words in Detroit. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. the Joe was old. It sure, sure, the, hey, trust me, I'm sure people went through it fucking 30 fucking years ago, 30 plus years ago when... Uh, they shut down Olympia and opened Joe Lewis. Everyone's like, oh, Olympia's iconic. Oh, never going to be replaced. And now everyone loves the Joe. Well, but, yeah. But they they did it all in my lifetime. They took away the corner. They took away the Joe, the dome, the palace. They took it all away. It's gone. It happens. I used to have two parent, grandparents that were alive. Now they're not. I mean, it's... it's I hate to sound so <laughs> I mean, and dry, but that's... that's only thing constant that- in life, sir, is change. And not to be a smartass, but there's only, I believe, two reasons that Wrigley Field and Fenway Park are still up. And that's because both those teams lost for so long. They figured if on on those long losing streaks, if they took those those stadiums away from their fans, there'd be a fucking riot in those cities. <laughs> yeah, there would be. I guarantee you within 10 years, there will be a lot of talk about both them either getting... They'll do what they did with Yankee Stadium... They'll build a new one across the street, or there's going to be another major overhaul of both stadiums in the next I, 10 I'll years. I'll guarantee you this. Wrigley Field is going absolutely nowhere. Well, then there'll be another major overhaul. Major. Because now that they've won the World Series again, no. No, those fans, that's their house. You, It'd be like taking away the big house from Michigan. No fucking way, dude. No, I understand, but Michigan also, what, in the last 15 years, how much money's went into their stadium? Right. They, they've expanded. They've added uh, skyboxes and, and the luxury suites and all that shit. So, I mean, it, that's just, that's going to happen because that's the way going to see live sports is, is, that's the trend that it's doing right now. They're catering more towards the big, the big spenders, people who want to go and be seen at the game. Because now with your HD TVs and your surround sounds, shit, Black Friday is coming up, and I'm seeing sales for 4K ultra high def HD TVs, which is kind of redundant, but whatever. Uh, I mean, I'm talking like you know, 70, 80 inches going for like 500 bucks. You put a good surround, a 7.1 surround sound system there, you can sit at home with cable, and it's still cheaper for the entire season. Then go into one game with a family of four. Yeah. Between parking and concession, and I mean, you can't take you can't take your kids to a game, and especially their first one, and not buy them something. So you got to get them one of them forty, fifty dollar foam hands or a 
$70 Tigers hat. Well, I'll just tell you, you know? what I'd pay for Red Zone is probably my two-thirds of my beer money just for one game. Oh, yeah, yeah. Dude, when I had, when I had season tickets to the Tigers, it was nothing to go drop a buck and a half. I mean, just $150, $200. Yeah. That was two season tickets. So that's also, two with uh, staying on NBA, did you guys hear about the presidential honors that are being given? No, that I didn't. Uh, Michael Jordan, Kareem Abdul-Jabbar, and one other one. I can't look it up. The President's Award for, hey, you used to be good at basketball. Well, depending, depending, depending on the third one, I got a comment, so I'm gonna, I'm gonna refrain until I find out who the third person is. Uh, the third person is not NBA. John Just Patton. So you know. oh, well, who is it? No, it's, it's, uh, shit, I can't think of his name. Bill Cosby. What the? F- no, no, it's the announcer for um, the Dodgers. Oh, Vince, Vince Scully? Scully. Yeah, Scully. A little dribbler down the line. It gets through Buckner. <laughs> Yeah, because he's done it for over 50 years. He called... The tried like 70 or something like that. 60, dude. It's fucking crazy. Seriously. He's been yeah. broadcasting almost his entire adult life. He he called the first World Series for L.A. in 1955. He, he got there in 1950. He called the first World Series. He also used to do the, uh, the bumpers for uh, uh, This Week in Baseball. I remember that very clearly because that was before cable. That was the only way I could see any teams that were out of market. You know, you had to want, you had to wait for this week in baseball to come on, and you, you'd, oh, okay, and you'd see all these other teams and all these spectacular plays and stuff. And yeah, he was a staple of that. But anyways, I thought if it was going to be all three basketball players, <laughs> I was going to say, okay, Kareem Abdul-Jabbar, okay, Michael Jordan, and if you just said someone like. Charles. I don't know. No, not necessarily because he's kind of controversial. Like uh, David Robinson, and he was it was like for citizenship. I'd be like one of these things are not like the other. Because <laughs> the, <only, laughs> the only presidential award Michael Jordan should be getting for anything besides basketball is for fucking up a couple marriages, Gambling? an empire. And owing a lot of money to casinos. <laughs> yeah, yeah. The presidential no, medal for Jack Blackjack. It's uh, Michael Jordan, Vince Scully, Kareem Abdul-Jabbar, and uh, they're getting the presidential medal of freedom recipients. Okay, it's one of them. Like, here's an excuse for a photo op at the White House. Listen, well, yeah, it's that. I but it's some awards. The high, it's the highest civilian. You know that which you know you bring up a good thing by bringing this up, or you bring it's good that you brought this up because you reminded me of something. I if you guys heard this about LeBron James Uh-oh. saying that he will not go to the White House. Oh yeah, get out, get everyone. Can we get? We're two weeks out. All right, we got four more years of this. Can can everyone <laughs> calm the fuck down? I mean, it, it, and and the the speculation is that he, that will not be. That that will be the last NBA team to go to the White House for at least four years, and it might be and there, and it might be the same in the NFL, which I find amazing. If you can get everybody on an NFL team to agree to something like that, okay. I mean, I, there might be a holdout here or there. Think the fear is going to stand for that. Uh, I'm ju- I'm just saying. Uh, look, here's the deal. It's not like. But you know what? Hang they on one second. To, it's not like they have to show up. It's really just tradition is all it is. And then they hand them the jersey. And then, I mean, it's almost tradition for the president to 
at least in hockey and football, to mangle at least one or two of the players' names. I remember <laughs> Slick Willie was up there, and he goes, I want to welcome the captain of the Detroit Red Wings, Steve Gazerman. <laughs> <laughs> way, way to watch hockey, Bill. And Eiserman got up there and just smoothed his shit. Just didn't even correct him. He's just like, thank you, thank you. I can't remember who else came up well, after yeah, him, but you know they did correct him. He had, and what I think is kind of lacking here, which is probably a different conversation, what, what about just while your choice did not win, what about some respect for the office? It's like they well, tell you in the military, you're not respecting the man. You're, you're not saluting the man. You're saluting the rank. Yeah. Well, right. And and that's my point. That's why LeBron James, I don't care how many titles that punk wins, will never be a Michael Jordan, ever. Trust me, athletes visited the White House all eight years of W, all right? And supposedly <laughs> he was a demon sent from hell to destroy the earth, according to everybody on the left in the early 2000s. So can we, and they, can we get and the fuck over it as a country, please, and just move on? I guarantee you the team that won in 2004, which was the Detroit Pistons, who went in 2005 after Hurricane Katrina, I guarantee you they all showed up. Yeah. And I guarantee you they would, if if, if you stuck a mic in Sheed's face, in Ben's face, pretty much anybody on that team, and said you're free without repercussions to give your opinion about how the government handled Hurricane Katrina, they would not give a glowing review of the George Bush administration's handling of that ordeal. So, especially first person I thought of was Sheed. I said, I bet you Sheed would have had a bunch of shit to say. Yeah, exactly. I've just, just, we're stringing the air of another podcast here, but the last couple of weeks, I've just not realized collectively what a bunch of big babies we've become as it's been so evident in the last two weeks. Well, it's, it's, yes, it is kind of veering off into another podcast, which is unregimented, also on Christopher Media. That's but it. anyways, <laughs> but sports has always been a reflection of the society they're played in. And the society we're in right now is a very divided one, and the extremists on both sides want to shout down the other side and not let them talk, and they can't even begin to try to meet somewhere in the middle because they have no interest in compromise. And sports professionals live in a bubble just as much as musicians and actors and high-powered businessmen. All these people have so much money and so and or fame that they can surround themselves with people who never tell them no and never say that's not a good idea or basically just look at them and go, you need to check yourself, motherfucker, because you're acting a fool right now. Shut the fuck up do your job. I, I, I want to pitch in, but I can't. I'm very biased on this subject. I, I can't... I can't be unbiased on this subject. Relatively on the same page, really, with this. Yeah, I I just I I I can't understand where it went wrong and how we as a collective group let it go so far past wrong. I people argue so much about their freaking rights, and these people haven't even read the damn Constitution. Hey, you know what's I have. I have a right to do this. I have a right to do that. I have a right to block a freeway. It's illegal. No, you don't. Move. Yeah, once you once you start interrupting things, it's no longer peaceful. But uh, I, you know what scares me more than Mike Pence <laughs> is the fact that millennials are going to be in charge soon. That's really <laughs> fucking scary to me. It really is. Welcome to Christopher Media, uh, a.k.a. the we shit on millennials all day long. What's funny, though, is... <laughs> We, 
we got pretty decent numbers, 18 to 35. <laughs> hang, hang on, though. Because we do shit on millennials, and, and I mean, without saying their their woes are well-documented, but it's not just the millennials anymore, guys. Seriously. It's not just millennials that think they have all these rights. It's other older people that, that get behind them and say, yeah, yeah, we do have these rights. Yeah, I'm tired of being walked all over. I, I'm tired of this. I'm tired of th- and, and they turn into a, a millennial. Well, that's, they they that's, start crying with them. That's how Trump won, though, man. Trump, there's a, Trump side tapped into disenfranchised whitey. No, 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 no. Trump won because everybody, well, everybody who voted, I have to assume, thought the same thing I did. We have to get away from the political machine. Disenfranchised oh. whitey, yes. Okay, hold on a sec. Time out. Yeah. First of all, one, nobody thinks, not everybody thinks like anybody else. So right there... That's already the first thing. Let's just get that out there. Everybody voted for a person, whoever they voted for, for different reasons. You could line 10 of the supporters up for Trump, 10 of the supporters up for Hillary, and 10 of people who voted for fucking a third party. And they're all, you, you're most likely going to get at least three different opinions from each group about why they voted for the person. Second of all, it really, to, and, and just, to, just to put a, a period on the end of the sentence that Earl brought up about blocking highways and stuff, here's the deal. If you want to protest, if you want to be civilly disobedient, guess what comes with that? An arrest record. You talk. You, you look at any civil rights movement, you look at women's suffrage, the civil rights movement of the 60s, they all, were, they all knew what they were doing, and they all said this is part of the deal. The difference, I think, is nowadays people, don't, people want to protest, but they don't want the consequences of their actions. They want, they want and, bringing it, and bringing it to sports is what I said about Colin Kaepernick. Does he have a right to protest? You're damn right he does. And bless him for his cause. Wahoo. However, that being said, when you're at your job and you're in your uniform and you're doing a certain task that you are paid to do, you don't have the right to protest at that point. Only if your job says you're not allowed to. But while we're talking exactly. about the NFL, let's, let's, let's just continue to talk about the NFL. I'm, I'm, I'm just saying... Only if your job you says you're not allowed to. If you're not violating the terms of your employer, you can do whatever the fuck you want. you you got to be kidding me. There's an employee handbook, be. man, at every job, whether it's a football player or dropping fries. If you, that's what, that's, all, right, all right, then that's, Earl, let's that's how it would go so, down in court. That's wait, how it wait, go wait, 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 wait. That's what a judge wait. would say. A judge would say, Let, let's say if you not it's violate an, any terms of your employment, press, you're allowed to do it. Let's say it's an unwritten freaking rule. Then, it's, then right. it wouldn't hold up in court. There's no I don't care the court of public opinion says you're not allowed to fucking do it. I got an unwritten rule that says I should receive a million dollar check every two weeks, but it doesn't fucking happen. Court of public opinion says you're not allowed to do it. Well, I'm saying if it goes to the court of law, they're going to be like, if it ain't written down, you didn't violate anything. Next. Like, that's how we're it talking down. about a viewer base. People that are going to pay to see you well, do your job. in that case, job. they can vote by watching the other football game. You vote by not going to San Francisco Stadium and, yeah, and not watching that exactly. game, which they have. Exactly. They can choose. They can choose not to spend their money. They can choose not. Or to buy he tickets. has no right to protest while in uniform performing his job. Only if his job says he's not allowed to. Just saying. If his owner came out, trust me. If this was, if he was on the Houston Texans and he did his that, owner. his owner would have came out and said, "I don't agree with it." He'd have probably been warming the bench for the last month instead of playing. Can't Chris? Probably this is twenty sixteen. This is twenty sixteen. He can't do that. Yeah, he can as the owner. He sure can. Sure can't. He sure can't because then he'd be a racist 
and the San Francisco 49ers hates black people. And I'm talking about if you're a boycott for San Francisco 49ers for hating all black people. If this was going on in Houston, the owner definitely probably said, I am not with Mr. Kaepernick, and he would have found himself on the waiver wire fucking two weeks after this started because it taken one week to make the phone call and another week for the deal to go down. That's after the fact. See, this is America, son. You got the money. You make the rules. Trust me. That wouldn't Just be, say this wouldn't be planned in Dallas fact. either. It's easy to teach your team. Jeff Fisher went and told the whole Rams team, we are going to stand for the national anthem. As a team, we are going to do it unifi- unified, and nobody had better take a knee. Nobody had better do anything other than what we are doing as a team. Exactly, if because you do, then they would you have violated the a pink slip in your locker when you get done yeah. with this game. Because then they would have violated rules that someone that their employer after laid down started. after it started. If someone in San Francisco said you can't do that, he'd have found himself on the waiver wire. You can't do it once it started at the place that it started. Uh, let's if Jeff Fisher would have done that, if. If the L.A. Rams would have came out for a game and a player or two would have knelt down or whatnot and Jeff Fisher would have came in and said that, Jeff Fisher would have been labeled a racist. What I'm trying to tell you is in this year, and it's been coming through years in the past, you you got to coddle these motherfuckers now. I'm saying it's playing that way. Dick Buckus would have picked him up by the cornrows that he had braided. And said you would better get your ass in that fucking line and stand proud with your team. Yeah, because it's it's been okay. But in 2016, you can't say that because you're a racist. In San Francisco, absolutely, it's playing that way because of where it's happening. It's happening in San Francisco. If this is in Texas or Florida or in Charlotte, you know, or in Tennessee, fuck, I'll even argue in Chicago and Detroit. That shit ain't going down like that. Shit ain't playing like that. You can't even in the cities you named. Once it started there, you cannot say those things because then you are labeled the racist, the bad person, the wrong person. In today's society, in this year, you can't say that. You can't because then you are the wrong person. You are the racist. You will be the hated one. Colin Kaepernick has been found guilty in the court of public opinion and that's why that stadium's not filling up and their team is suffering because they're not going to get the money they're not going to get the draft picks they're not going to get the talent have you seen the product on the field that's what i'm saying that's all that's all suffering because of court of public opinions not going to pay to see them kneel on the fucking turf i think court of public opinion is making them play shitty football and that's that's probably the reason why the seats aren't full they're playing awful football in San Francisco. And my point is, is you can't say, Colin, you can no longer kneel. Because at that point, you're, you're the racist. You're labeled the bad guy. You might as well be called Tony Montana. Because you're going to be labeled the bad guy for the rest of your fucking life. If you've already come out and supported him, then, then you, you, you look like the no idiot. You have no We went over this. The guy, the owner came out like the week it all started he going down no and supported choice. him. He had no choice. He had a choice. This is America. Yeah, he his had, choice was, he's I was going to be labeled a racist. I'm going to be labeled a racist. Okay, and here's, okay and here's, here's my question. Here's my question. Hold on. Okay, here's my question. Why does Earl, in your mind, the owner of the San Francisco 49ers, have no choice but to go along with it, but Jeff Fisher does have a choice to say, all my players will stand and no one will kneel, and he's okay. not labeled a racist? 
because Jeff Fisher did it before any of the St. Louis Rams knelt. None of them went out there and took a knee. None of them went out there and put a black fist in the air. None of them did shit because once it started in San Francisco, Jeff Fisher got into his locker room and said, we are a team. We will be united as a team. We will stand as a team and nobody will do anything different because we are a team. He didn't label it as a race. He didn't talk about the protest. He didn't say they couldn't do anything to protest outside of the stadium. But he said, when we're out there, we are going to be a team. So what stopped the San Francisco? What stopped the San Francisco? It already happened, Rich. It already happened. He already took a knee. So now if you go to the white. Chip Kelly from doing that in San Francisco. Now if he goes to the black man and says, you are not allowed to take a knee. You are going to stand with your team. You're going to be part of this team. You're going to do exactly what we do. Now you're a racist saying that a black man can't do his protest and stand up for his rights about Black Lives Matter. So you're right. He has a choice. He could be, A, labeled a racist for the rest of his career and the rest of his life everywhere he goes, or B, go with it, and then behind closed doors go, you little son of a bitch. I can't believe you did this to me. Those are his two choices. And he had to take choice B. He had to go with it because it already started there. He doesn't want to be labeled a racist. This whole, I guess, outlook that you have on this is based on a whole lot of assumptions. How is it an assumption? This is this is wild speculation, dude. No. Really? Do we have anything? Has anybody that you've named that all these conversations behind the scenes and all these talks behind the scenes, has anybody come out and said any of this has happened? Has Kaepernick yes, come out? There, there's, a letter, there's a letter that was printed out in the Chiefs locker room that you could go look up right now. The Chiefs the, locker okay. room printed out a letter that stated this stuff. What the fuck does the Chiefs locker room got to do with what we're talking well, I think about? the whole I'm point talking- is that then yeah, then yes. If the Chiefs protest, if they're if the just if their business they worked for has made that a policy and they violate it, then yeah, the, the whole thing goes back to Kaepernick's employer said they had no problem with it, even if because they had to. Uniform. How how do you how do you well, not see that? Then that's two different conversations, though. Why they why they don't have a problem with it has no bearing into the argument that the fact that they don't have a problem with it. Why they have okay. a problem with right. it doesn't stop, matter. Stop for a Wait a second. What if the ownership would have Because we're out. essentially talking about a work policy here. It doesn't matter second. why if, they don't if, have a policy if, on it. it do, they don't have a policy on it. The Chiefs apparently do. Jeff Fisher apparently I'm does. I'm going this, and then, and then we could stop it. All I want to know is what would have happened if San Francisco would have came out and had a huge problem with it and said that can't happen. He'd be on the do waiver you, wire. Do you think we would not be sitting here talking about how there's a ship full of uproar about how much racism is in San Francisco 49ers organization? Yep, but we'd be doing it while Colin Kaepernick is on the waiver wire. It would be after the fact. But if he, if his if his employers came out and said we we're not cool with this, and he kept doing it, he would not be wearing a San Francisco 49ers uniform anymore. That's just how businesses operate. And we would be talking about how racist the San Francisco yeah, 49ers are. But that's so their choice. But it doesn't matter. No, that doesn't why matter. Is, they would still exist next year. Why is it racist year? for them to, to they, say they this, is our, this is our team policy? You're not allowed to do this. If you do this, we will waive you. It's no different than if they say, you have, we have a team policy that goes into every contract that says you're not allowed to, to participate in dangerous off-season or during the season in your off-time sports, such as ride a motorcycle, Ben Roethlisberger, uh, water ski, 
Um, go boating for those NFL players ended up dead and floating around in the ocean down near to Florida, down near Florida. Those things, it, how is that racist? If they put that in the contract. It's okay. up to the employer. You You're got, arguing you, from an emotional standpoint about no, a legal no. standpoint. No, 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 I'm not. I'm talking about you court can say of you're business. not. It, sticking feathers up your ass doesn't make you a fucking chicken. You can say you're not all day. I'm talking about court of public opinion, guys. In today's society, you can't do that. Well, I, I have conceded that, yes, we would be probably sitting here talking about how the San Francisco 49ers are considered racist. That would probably have been the conversation. You're but right. And they didn't want to see it that As a way. business, they're allowed to. Fucking... Donald Sterling hated black people, and they had proof of it, but guess who's still on his team? I mean, it's still, it doesn't matter why, it just matters what, in the end, what would have happened. You know, why they would have, why they've chosen not to have a policy is their choice. But places like Kansas City have chosen to adopt one. Places like, uh, you know, Jeff Fisher, he's chosen to adopt it. You could argue in Seattle. To me, that looks like, that, to me, that looks like the coach said, we're taking a stand one way or the other here. We're not going to have everybody doing their own thing. You could argue that they way, too, how they stand to chosen and lock arms. But it's the rules that they've set down. If you if you break a rule your employer has, set aside, has put in motion, I mean, this all goes back to you saying when you're in your uniform and you're at work, you shouldn't be allowed to. If your employer doesn't have a problem with it, knock yourself out. But if you're in a Kansas City Chiefs uniform and you play for Jeff Fisher, you're going to have a fucking problem with it. But see, those things were established after it started. Yes, because they probably okay. saw they're being proactive. All right. Apparently, we need to take a stance on this now. We need to get ahead of this. We need to tell our players, here's how we're going to do this. You can either do your thing or you cannot do your thing. Those are, those are organizations just getting out in front of it because they because they didn't want to be part of any headlines. They are probably more concerned with, we're going to play football. Let's nip this in the bud now. Let's be I more totally concerned agree. with playing football. I totally agree. Now, God damn it, let's be concerned about talking about football. I am talking about football. <laughs> let's talk about this weekend. Kickers, oh, um, good job. Way to, way to, hey, Rich, your boy had a good weekend. Robert needs to buy a vowel. Yeah. Or no, he needs, you know, he needs to buy a consonant. That's his deal, I think. <laughs> the second coming to Hanson? Yeah. Yeah. What was the total? Because there ended up being uh, Monday night. There ended up being a uh, missed one, didn't there? I know there was one Janikowski. on Sunday. No, nah, man, I had Janik. I picked him up on waivers, man. He did, he did what he's supposed to do. And, I, and see, that's what I'm saying. Matt Prater did a, a hell of a job, too. Kicked a hell of a long field goal. Didn't Matt Prater start the whole debacle? Wasn't he the first missed point of the day? He was, but at the same point, what, two weeks ago, I was on here saying, fucking kickers. They can't kick to save their life. We're in overtime ties because kickers can't hit a 28-yard field goal. I mean, they moved the... Kitty? You can argue the game changed last year for the kickers. When they moved the... Uh, uh, what did they What did they move again, Rich? Oh, they moved them back. They moved yeah, them back for the extra point. They Yeah. To the 35-yard line. Yeah. Which, I mean, still, if you're a professional kicker, that's a chip shot. Yeah. You know I mean, Jason Hansen's laughing his ass off right now. Eddie Murray, God bless his soul, wherever he is as well. There's a lot of there's a lot of former kickers going. God damn, I could have played, kept playing, shit. Right, yeah, like no, there's right. a there, there's a spot for me. I can make the league. Morton Anderson, Gary Anderson, Jason. Han- I mean, I could do this all day. The Gramatica brothers. The Gramaticas. I yeah. mean, 
As long as they don't celebrate by jumping up and down and blowing their knee out. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But uh, it's just it's nuts. Eleven missed extra points in one week in the NFL. It was that is. And it was such a competitive week too. If you looked at all the scores at halftime and how. Uh, in the fourth quarter, most of the one o'clock games. I mean, it was a competitive ass week as well. There weren't. There was any, a lot of. There was a lot of what the fuckings. There wasn't a lot of blowouts. I don't think there was any really. Were there? Maybe could you classify Pittsburgh and Cleveland as a blowout? Uh, I, I I don't know, but I could say Washington and Green Bay got blown out. Oh my! What is going on in Green Bay? I mean, you you, the panic button's been pushed now in Green Bay, right? I mean, oh, the panic button's broke because they punched it. But like it's all it, hands it, on deck. There, there is a lot of injuries in Green Bay. A lot. Yeah, and we watched one before the uh, before we started recording here, and it was nasty. It was gruesome. Yeah, Dimitri Goodson. Uh, you can look it up, or you can go to DailySnark.com. They have it. Um, I'm gonna say with. That's the panic button in Green Bay. <laughs> it just it just blares over the loudspeakers in the city at all times. I'm going to say it's up there with Willis McGahee 2003 National Championship game when he got he took the helmet straight to the kneecap and his knee bent back completely in a direction it's not supposed to. Um, uh, I basically, can't unsee that shit, man. You didn't uh, warn ba- me. Oh. <laughs> basically, it's. Probably one of the top three worst injuries ever seen in football where you didn't see bone sticking out of a uniform. Is it up there with Theismann? No, Theismann was... Theismann drove... His bone came out of his Uh skin, through his uniform, into the ground. He almost lost his leg because of the infection Uh from the dirt being inside of his bone. Yeah, that's... Watched uh, the San Francisco 49ers uh, Bowman... His knee did a complete U. It sounds like the Willis McGahee hit. Yeah. Yeah. The, his the, knee went to the back of where it should never be. Yeah. That's how come I think so many people were shocked that Willis McGahee was still playing after he had, one, that he had a career period, and two, that he was effective as he was in the NFL. Because, I mean, it's like the minute I saw that hit watching that game, I was. I just heard the 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 six million dollar man music. We can rebuild him. We have the technology. I'm like, oh, he's gonna have a bionic knee after this shit. That's how you want Skynet. That's how you get Skynet. You rebuild that fucker's knee. But yeah, dude, Green Bay is is just a, a fucking. It's a triage unit right now. When and have we been able to have this conversation though? While well, I've been at least sucking wind on this planet. I can't really remember a season where if I was a Green Bay fan, I'm going to tell you what, I know a lot of quote-unquote hardcore Green Bay fans, they're awfully quiet this season. Yeah, seems like, huh? You guys don't even need to watch that video. Look at the picture. Look at, that's Navarro Bowman's knee right there. I ain't looking at You're being warned. (laughs) No, I will not look. Why did it open up to a video? Oh, okay, I see what you're saying. You just wanted to show me the... Okay, hold on a second here. And yeah, buddy. Yeah, yeah, yeah that's his leg, man. <laughs> yeah. Um, well, dude, I mean, okay, so getting back to what's going on in Green Bay, and this is kind of TMZ-ish of us, but it has been reported in in reputable news outlets and sports 
sites and stuff. Apparently, there's rumblings that Aaron Rodgers is not the the clubhouse and field general that we've been allowed to believe he is, I guess. I don't want to say that the media has presented that narrative. Maybe they have in Green Bay. Maybe they have in Green Bay. I don't know. I, mean, I don't live in Green Bay. I don't listen to their local you know, sports media. But nationally, I've never really got the impression that like he's touted as some sort of like Tom Brady, uh, climb on my back, you know, Reggie White. You know, one of them type guy, Chris Spielman. He's not. He's not one of them climb on my back and you know I'll carry us to victory type guys. He's just a good quarterback. But well, he like Brett Favre when he was in Green Bay. I'm sure was the general of that team. Oh yeah, yeah. And it's and is and once again, this is all spec. It's not speculation. It's all hearsay. None of us were there, but I've heard stories of. A confrontation between Rodgers and Favre when Rodgers was backing Favre up since, I mean, before Rodgers ever took a snap during a regular season game that meant anything. And basically the whole team was like, okay, Rodgers, <laughs> go sit down. Adults are playing right now. So, I mean, there's that. And then there's also, I've read a couple articles that apparently he's having family issues and that might be bleeding over onto the field. Well, I mean, at the same time, though, Aaron Rodgers' numbers are are what they are. But if you watch the games, the passes are there. People just aren't catching them. Well, I mean, so, I mean, do you think it's a case of these guys are just like, you know, he's not, he's not the leader that some quarterbacks are. He doesn't inspire. He's not an inspiring leader for whatever reasons. And they're like, if and maybe they feel he's out there just like, man. I'm I'm good I'm good enough. My stats are good, yeah. and they're not they're not going to lay out for the catches. They're not going to go the extra mile for them. Yeah, I, I find I, it hard to believe, but Denver, I mean, Denver needs a quarterback. We'll just get through the season. I am, Denver has a quarterback, Tony Romo, next season. Oh, we'll ouch! That. Uh, that being said, I all right. Tom it, Tom Brady has four rings. You're right, oh. but he had he's had wide receivers out the wazoo, including. Up to including Randy Moss. All right. But they change so frequently. But Tom Brady to Gronkowski, you can always count on Gronkowski to catch that ball, right? Unless it was last 99, week. But yeah. 99 okay. times out of so, 100. Yeah. Last year, Aaron Rodgers would, would throw the ball, right? And who would catch it? Nine times out of 10. Uh, not Jordy Nelson. And it wasn't Randall Cobb because I had him in fantasy. Uh, it was it was Jordy Nelson last year. No, Nelson was injured. Fucking all last yeah. year. Yeah. Well, then the year before. Yeah. But yes, here's the year before. Thing. Yes, I'll give you. Yes. Right. But now Jordy Nelson's fully recovered. He's on the field. Randall Cobb on the field. Why aren't people catching his balls? I watch him throw them right to him. Olivia Munn is. <laughs> <laughs> right. She could catch a couple of mine. That's for damn sure. <laughs> and I, I have to confess, I didn't know who she was. I looked her up, and holy hell. I'd come up with, that, I'd come up with an extra ball to throw to her. And all I'm saying is Aaron Rodgers is that good looking. balls at her. I'm just saying. Aaron Rodgers is not that good looking. He ain't no... Uh, uh, oh, shit. Who, is, no, who, 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 uh, he ain't no Alex Smith. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, but he's got that <laughs> state no farm boy. money. He's got money. That's what he's got, motherfucker. Don't say, stop lying. Got that state farm. If not, he'd be the goofy-looking bus driver 
A.A. Ron, if he wasn't playing fucking football. That's what the fuck he Hey, be. maybe he's hung Olivia needs like to a two-foot bong. Aaron Rodgers, I'm just saying. Yeah. <laughs> maybe he's hung like a two-foot bong. You never know. Jesus with them goofy guys. Goofy-looking dudes. All right, but there's also been talk before the season started, uh, a couple other players and Julius Peppers and Clay Matthews had taken some enhancement drugs. And on it, awkwardly enough, all of the players big-name players that were implicated, Peppers, Matthews, and, and so on, waited till the day before their suspension was to be handed out to go to the league and get and do their testing that they wanted done. All they asked them, come and get a test, clear your name. And it took them months to get them in there to clear their name. Oh, that's crazy. Oh, no, I got something. Oh, next week? All right, cool. And now all of a sudden, this season, Peppers, Matthews, not big names defensively. I, I watched Matthews run right by the ball carrier, right by him. And it was like, oh, that's the ball carrier. And then go try to catch him and got outran. I'm like, the hell is the matter with Matthews? Hey, he's good at doing commercials. I enjoy his Old Spice commercials. They're humorous <laughs> to me. Well, yeah, those are funny. But, I mean, the commercial of you, you don't come in here without paying a price. Not here, not ever. I'm I said this last week. Not What's this the year. They, they, need to, they need to do a reshoot with that where they add in not this year. Is it possible that Clay Matthews is just pissed off that he was passed over to play Thor? I know, right? <laughs> I'm just saying. I mean, you got that show Vikings. They need extras. Tell them to grow the beard back. I don't know. It is It is interesting you bring up the PED use that because it's kind of like uh, in baseball where there were accusations, but there were no tests that were positive. But then players who, a large number of players who had been cast... Playing outside the line. Yeah, whose suspicion had been cast upon, all of a sudden started coming back down to earth and playing maybe at an all-star level, but no longer a Hall of Fame level. Right. And it was, okay, so obviously you're good enough to to be in the NFL... Or excuse me, in, the, in 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 Major League Baseball, but you're not a Hall of Famer without the little something extra to get you over the top. And the NFL, I imagine, is even worse than baseball. I mean, because honestly, I to me, I don't like. I understand guys want to be bigger in baseball, especially during the '90s and the home run craze, and I want you know bonds hitting '72 and all that shit. But in football is where you really need to fucking bulk up, really need to fucking have HGH for quick recovery time because it's just the brutality of the sport. I mean, there's nobody that, that from the first snap of preseason to the last game they play of the season, even if they don't make the playoffs, that does not play hurt at some point. I mean, that's, that's fucking high school football. That's peewee football. You're going to get hurt. In fact, I think Earl, we talked about this when, when we first met. We both had coaches that would say, are you hurt or are you injured? What's the difference? Hurt means you take a playoff, you go back in and play. Injured means your ass goes to the hospital. Well, I'm hurt. <laughs> Sit down, catch your breath, and go back the fuck out there and play. Rub some dirt on that shit. <laughs> Walk it off. Well, And just in reality, Rich, I mean, seriously, Clay Matthews, last year, everywhere. I mean, for many years preceding this year, just everywhere on the field. Mm-hmm. This year? Where the hell is he? I mean, I, I, he's gone Hollywood. I mean, look, it, 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 I it, one once again, this is all alleged. 
So nobody contacted any lawyers. We're not saying anything isn't written in stone. This is all alleged. But, I mean, the man is 30 years old, which the only time 30 years old is old is for a car or an NFL player. But he is an NFL player. On top of that, on top of that, if he was using some PEDs and you take them away, he's going to he's going to start showing his age. I mean, I don't know. I'm not a professional. I don't know what to look for as far as PED use, but I do know what the I do know the eye test and he's lost a step or a step or two for whatever reason. And I do think it's mighty funny that the names that come out in accusations of PED use are the exact same players who all of a sudden lost a step. Well, exactly. I, you, you you have Clay Matthews and, and Peppers on, on the same defense, and you get scored 40 points or more in two weeks consecutively? Really? Yeah, that, that defense isn't... Uh... Hey, well, you know, enough about Green Bay, all right? Let's talk, let's stay in a division, all right? You know what we're going to talk about. I'm telling you. Oh, God. Oh, it's, it's the year, man. I'm I'm leading that charge, all right? It's a bit, and I'm admitting it, but God damn it, all right? So, six and four, all right? Still have to come back against the Jags. Uh, that's another conversation. But uh, <laughs> <laughs> still, Thanksgiving Day, oh, it's going to mean something. It's a battle for, for someone's leaving Thanksgiving Day from that Detroit Minnesota game, all alone in first place in the NFC North. Oh, I'm, a, wanna, I'm actually excited about a Lions before, game this year. Before we get into this conversation, I just want to say I'm irritated that the Lions are six and four and they're tied for first, and the Bucks are five and five and they're in the wild card. Yeah, just know, saying, right? In the hunt for the wild card. Okay, go ahead. Uh, Calvin Johnson's in the finals for Dancing with the Stars. You know. Calvin Johnson is what now? He's in the finals for Dancing with the Stars. Uh, so we got that going, too. Good for him. He's <laughs> he's, got he's graceful for such a big man, I guess. I, I haven't that, even seen him dance. So. I love that meme that you sent of him looking all pissed. Oh, now you're going to have all-star winning, huh? Yeah. <laughs> well, you know, you know that's how he's got to feel. But then at the same time... I mean, let's let's take a second here. What is the reason for the Lions' success? Uh, Green Bay and, uh, and Chicago are having off years. Okay, I, yes, yes, that's a factor. However, Chicago heard off decade. I've also heard on and off since Megatron retired that teams can't game plan as easily for the Lions now because they know if they need if they need. A ball, if they need a deep ball, if they need a first down, if they need some double cover Megatron right there. Take take his, that's his first read. Take that away from him. Now, they, they're, they're really, who is the number one receiver yeah, on the line? There lines? really is some credence to that argument now, which makes all those sports talk assholes right. But, yeah, it's because I mean, it's been either, when you need a big play, it's been either Tate or Jones. You can't. It, it's not always going to be. You're not sure who it's going to be. To is it going to be Golden Tate? Is it going to be Marvin Jones? Uh, they both proven to be a viable kind of a two prong threat. Quite honestly, God, it pains me to say this. It's on my home team too. I should be excited, but <laughs> I, watch the games. That's what's happened. All right, but Golden Tate is a third down conversion expert. He was that when he was in Seattle. He's that here in Detroit. 
He, I don't think he's a, a, a primary receiver. He's not your go-to guy like a Megatron. But he is definitely the guy you will look for first on a third down conversion. No matter the distance, he's your guy. Okay? I, I, I was one of the people that said trade Mr. Glass. And when I say Mr. Glass, I don't talk about Romo. I talk about fucking Stafford. Because he got hurt one day because he was running and fell on the fucking football. I don't know if you guys remember this, but it was he was he took off out of the pocket, he tripped, landed on the football, hurt his shoulder. I'm like, you've got to be kidding. Was that the game against the Browns? I I, I don't even remember who he was playing. He but just he had, took off. I'm just saying because dude, he had a dislocated shoulder. He came back and won the game. No, 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 no. He went out for a while in this game. It was a while a while ago, long while ago. And. Uh, I, I'm, I'm screaming, we have the best wide receiver in, Nash, in the National Football League. We can't win. We can't score. What the hell's going on? Well, I have to say Matthew Stafford has become a very good quarterback. I wouldn't call him a Brady, I, but I would say he's definitely, he's definitely a very, very good, well-rounded quarterback. He's having a but good you're not, year. You're not putting up there with the elite guys. No, no, no. And, you know, at, and uh, Rich, you had mentioned that, uh, you know, people are talking about MVP. I, I don't know if he's MVP or not, but he definitely deserves a talk at this point. If it wasn't for Matty Ice, I'd say comeback player of the year. Uh, I, I don't know about comeback player, but because he had a really good season, you know, statistically last year. Well, that's what he's called up here, uh, Pat Stafford. Right. The Pat them stats. Right. But it, and and he did it with Johnson, but here nor there, um, he he's really has he he makes very good decisions. Uh, he's clutch. He's proven he's clutch. I don't know of anybody else in the history of the National Football League that could take a team down with twenty seven seconds and get in the distance of a field goal from the twenty five yard line. I I don't. Here's my question. Why the fuck can't the Lions play like that during the entire fucking game? You know what? Are they like those fish that live at the bottom of the ocean and they need that pressure, and if they come up too far, they die? We make they don't have the pressure on them? We make jokes about this movie all the time, but it's the exact same thing in any given Sunday. Willie Beeman, right? He's sitting there, and the game's going on, the game's going on. Gets clutch, all of a sudden Willie Beeman throws up in the trash can, goes out, wins the game. Am I right? Yeah, that's how it's scripted. Same thing with Stafford. I don't know if he pukes in the trash can, but the fucker comes out and wins games. It's like, even if there's one second left on the clock and he's on their one-yard line, you still don't want to change the channel because there's a chance. Because he's done it with a minute and seven seconds and scored a touchdown the entire length of the field. He's done it with 27 seconds and went from the 25-yard line into field goal range. I mean, he's clutch. I don't no, know. I, 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 I agree with you. And even if even if there's another game opposite a Lions game playing, if it's a close Lions game and it, there's five minutes left in the fourth, I'm watching the end of that game. Yeah, this is one of the few seasons where uh, since we've had Stafford or when there's a little bit of time left, I'm thinking in my head, get that guy the ball. Stafford has turned into what what, what Justin Verlander used to be for the Tigers. Anytime, for, for a couple of years there, anytime Justin Verlander pitched, it was must-watch sports. 
the last five minutes of any Lions game with Stafford this season is must-watch TV. Right, but I was listening to ESPN the other day, and they said, is this playing with fire? Because you want to trail, because the Lions have trailed the last five, six games going into the fourth quarter. It is playing with fire, but you also have Stafford, who I, I would consider Stafford more of a gunslinger than a precision fucking quarterback who's out there picking apart the defense, Peyton Manning style. Oh, he's I'd definitely say, not picking it apart, not like I'd, Peyton. I'd, I mean, I would I would put him more on the scale of between Peyton Manning and uh, Brett Favre. I, he's more of a Brett Favre. I mean, I'm not saying he's Brett Favre, obviously. I'm just saying as far as style of quarterback. I mean, I he's... I would put him right in the middle of those two, though, Rich. I really would. Brett Favre was a true gunslinger. Brett Favre just threw the goddamn ball. He was like, go catch it. Okay? But Matt Stafford actually takes his time, very little time to do it, but takes his time to evaluate the defense, looks at how this is going to play out in his head, and then fires the ball. You know what? Brett Favre just threw it. You know what Matt Stafford's done that's amazing? I'm sitting here. On Tuesday, on, on Tuesday afternoon, we're recording this, and I can't wait till 48 hours from now. I know, right? Like I said, I'm actually pumped for this game coming up. Like, oh, you know how many, you know how many times in my drinking days I would go out or I would go to a party Wednesday night for Thanksgiving, and not wake up until the game was over because it's not like I wanted to see Nickelback at halftime. So I didn't, you know, what I'm saying like I just did not give a fuck about the Lions game. I just didn't care, and like. I'm still not a Lions fan, but I want to fucking see the game. He is, that, is, that is something that if you're not from Detroit and you're not a Lions fan and you haven't been surrounded by Lions fans for most of your life like I have, that just doesn't – that hasn't happened since Barry. And, and you didn't want to watch the game necessarily because they, they, you know, oh, my God, they got a chance to take over first place soul on their own. It was just because I want to see Barry go the fuck off. Right. That's what that was about. I'm scared. About Thursday, just to let you know. Because they are playing Minnesota. Um, they have imploded. However, the Purple Rain defense is still true. Uh, they showed it this last week. Uh, Rhodes, Xavier Rhodes, intercepting in the end zone, ran it back for a pick six. Uh, they're, they're a shutdown defense. And I, this is a true test of where Stafford's at in his career. Can he overcome that defense? I think Never meant can. to cause you any sorrow. Never meant to cause you any pain. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, dude. I just, I just, come on, dude. How can I be it's, afraid of a defense that's named after a, I'm not even a guy. I like Prince. Not one of my favorite Prince songs. Just saying. Just, I'll take seven all day over Purple Rain. That's just me. That's their name. I still call them the Purple People Eaters. That's their, their first name of the true defense. No, I got you. Uh, I got you. But I, they are they are a shutdown defense. Uh, when they're on, it it's hard to to get to get past them. However, uh, you know Matt Statford has turned into Mister Clutch. So, knock on wood. I don't want to jinx him. Go ahead with your bad self. No, do your thing, man. Do your thing. You know what? Get let that. I hope. Just for just for the sake of all my long-suffering Lions fans, friends, that they come out and destroy the Vikings. I, do I don't too. even want it. I don't even want it to be close. I want it to be a laugher. 
Yeah. I want them to. I want them to set Stafford for the entire fourth quarter. Damn. Just put in Darko Milovich. Yes. You want I want some. You want like I a want Harbaugh some, type victory. Exactly. I want the choo choo, the the pain train coming through, motherfucker. I want. I want. I want Michigan on Rutgers type prison sex. That's what I want. Because if there's if there's any franchise that deserves it, and there's any fan base that deserves it, it's it's my it's my my Lions friends. So yeah. Well, hopefully. Well, let's talk about the other game on Thanksgiving. Two teams both both doing surprisingly well than we both thought. Uh, Wait a minute, well, isn't there three games on Thanksgiving? That's true. Well, I'm talking about like the one that matters, the other one that matters. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, uh-huh. <laughs> but, yeah uh, he, he's talking about Dak. Which, before we move on to that, uh, by the way, Rich, as of this week, our Lions season picks is, are now garbage. We both picked 5-11. and 11. So, good, I know. good for us. Yeah, what did I pick? Uh, you were not with us when we picked the Lions season. That was a couple of shows before you joined us. Just, Just so you know. I would pick Lions the whole season, so. 16-0 Lions. <laughs> <laughs> and you'd have been an idiot for doing it, so it's all right. All right. Fuck, who did, God damn I'm the idiot? Up. I'm the idiot right now? Really? I'm 6-4. You would pick the Lions to go 16-0? and 0? I'm 6-4. I'm just saying. And, yeah, I don't know if you want to call them an idiot so much when, you, when we get to the picks here in a little bit. Anybody, anybody that picked the Lions to go 16-0 and 0 before this season is a fucking idiot. That's all I'm saying. Iceman had himself a hell of a week. But, Good uh, for him. <laughs> <laughs> I only lost two picks this week. Excuse man. me. Excuse me. Let, let me quote. Let me quote the best actor of his generation, Samuel L. Jackson. Bully for you, motherfucker. Uh, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> what the fuck? That uh, two fifty will get you a cup of coffee at Starbucks. The fuck? <laughs> Twelve fifty and two tins of snuff. That should, <laughs> that should be our prize for the picks. But anyway, uh, Dallas and Washington. Uh, but Washington, huh? They're not who we thought they were. Uh, I'm going to say this to Rich, and he's going to give me a completely different answer than Chris would. Rich, who in the hell is Crowder? Troy Crowder. Jameson See? Crowder. <laughs> there it is. <laughs> I didn't, oh, my on, God, dude. dude. Could you, okay, look. Could you have served me? A fucking batting practice fastball right down the middle any better than you did? Like, uh, I'm just saying, Helen Keller would have put that out of the fucking park. You know okay? who Jamison Crowder is there? Iceman. Jamison Crowder is a threat. Nobody knows who he is. He's a threat to Deshaun Jackson's job security is what Jamison Crowder is. Deshaun Jackson is a has-been. Yeah. Compared to this kid. Exactly. Who is this guy? It's one of my best fantasy pickups of the year. I'll tell you that one. I'm on a roll. Five in, five in a row. I'm in first place. Holy I, shit. This, I started 0-3. I'm in first place after this week. This guy came out of nowhere. And I mean absolutely nowhere. Everybody knows who A.J. Green is. Everybody knows Who's who, who Amari Cooper is. And all the other receivers. Who? Uh, Julio Jones. Everybody who knows. the hell is Jamison Crowder? Everybody knows A.J. Green's injured for the rest of the season. Good luck, yep, Cincinnati. They, there goes Cincinnati. But yeah, Crowder. I mean, he's he only had three catches, and boy, he made one of them count, didn't he? Oh my God, dude. Yeah. No, what? It's uh, you like that? You know? We'll just it's it's <laughs> an actual quote from uh, Cousins after the game. But uh, okay, okay. But I mean, let's be honest here. Redskins are still six three and one. Cowboys are nine and one. You like that? Okay, I mean, 
everybody calm down. Yeah, that's the I'm, other. Well, that's well, we're, we're just we're you know we're <coughs> we're getting kissing the Redskins okay. ass out of the way before we start sucking Dallas's cock because it's to be sucked. Well, I mean, it's just okay. It's like earlier in the season when we were talking, it was every once in a while we bring up the Raiders and it's like are the Raiders like quietly just putting together a fu- a, a fuck of a season and uh, it was like yes. Yeah. Well, the Raiders aren't quiet anymore. Their coming out party was was. Last night, for sure. Okay, but the Redskins—they're—they're not on the Raiders' level. You know what I'm saying? So, I feel like we're trying to build them up here. It's like uh, you're still the Redskins, homie. Sorry, you got got Jamison Crowder, Mm -hmm. you got Jordan Reed. Uh, Cousins is proving to be more than just a serviceable quarterback. I mean, that's Washington could be making some noise here in the next couple seasons. I think that's just what me and Earl are getting at. I got you. I got you. I just want to make it. I just, sorry, just had to be it's the not, Debbie Downer. Washington isn't the dumpster fire. It's been uh, the foregone conclusion has been for the last, I'd say maybe four or five years. But no, it's but true. if you're how much blood is in Jerry Jones' penis these last few weeks? Do you think he, he even needs his Viagra just, uh, prescription lately? He told he told his high class hookers, he's like, you can stop doing a handstand. I'm not going to dip it in tonight. I'm actually going to fuck you like a man. Yeah. That's how much blood is in his dick. Yeah. Nine and one, and they went up against top-tier defense. I mean, say what you want about Baltimore's record, but their defense this season is still it's still proven. If it's got that Baltimore name on it, it's going to be. I mean, they're they're top. Uh, till this week, they were top three defense. They're, they're probably hey, Chris, the top five. Chris. Yes. I got I got a new one for you. Yes. That was after that was after the game this week. Oh. Got a message? Yeah. Oh yeah, yeah. I forgot. For- He's talking to the general manager. <laughs> <laughs> okay, Sparty, calm down. How do you like me now? How do you like me now? Calm down, cool Modi. <laughs> Dude, he just blew out Aaron Rodgers in the in the fucking Green Bay Packers. He can be a little excited. I'm it's just true. saying. Didn't he? Weren't they in Lambo too? It was tw- it was twenty four to forty two, I think. Yeah, yeah. And, and that's what I'm saying, man. I, I, there's a shift happening, and is it the flags that are gone? Is it that Rogers is old? Is the performance dance into drugs gone? What the hell is the shift? Because now Dallas is the shit. Matt Stafford is Mr. Clutch. Kirk Cousins and the Redskins are coming up. Listen, it, Trump won and the Cubs won, all right? We've proven this is bizarro year. It's why the lines, they're going all the way this year. I can feel it. It it, uh, it is a very strange year. And it's very strange that the Cowboys have the best record in all of the NFL. And I am not hearing the usual chest thumping with as much obtuse glee behind it that I usually hear from my my Fairweather Cowboy uh, uh, fan friends. It's almost like they're like, ooh, waiting for the other shoe to drop. I don't know if it's because Dak is a rookie. I don't, I don't, I don't know if... They're it, waiting for Zeke to get picked up on charges? It, something. like It's just I've been waiting for this just huge roar of just like this, this breath of like Bud Light air from Texas to just float up to the rest of the country, and it's just not, it's just not happened yet. I mean, well, I mean at this they're point, happy, but they're not like they're not like mid nineties happy. Well, I'm saying though, at nine and one, I mean, seriously, they they are who they say they are. At this point, you could probably lose every game and still make the playoffs. I'm saying 
So, I mean, they they really are who they say they are. Yeah. We asked that uh, ever since I've been part of the show. We asked that about so many teams. Are are the Raiders for real? Are is Minnesota for real? As the season went on, Minnesota showed. Okay, I can implode, but I'm still in a division where I'm tied for first. Raiders said, you know what, you guys can decide who we are, but we know who we are, and we're going to show it. And then there's Dallas that was like, whatever. <laughs> and you know what's still funny is everybody still gives them the Patriot test. What's that? Who's who's the biggest threat to the Patriots? That's the biggest question I hear on ESPN all the time. Dallas. Well, I don't know. Right now, uh, in the AFC, um, Raiders, don't they got the same record as New England? Yes, I'm just saying. Right. So – it, that's it, that. Raiders defense. Raiders defense is giving up way more points than New England's, though. Right, but with all the what the fuckings that's going on with the kickers and the teams that are moving and and the powers that are shifting, at, with all of the shit that's going on, people still sit back and go, "Yeah, but which one of these people are, is going to take down <laughs> Bill?" <laughs> Wait a minute. Are we? Are we? Are we looking at? Do you think it's possible a rematch of the Tuck game for the AFC Championship? I mean, no. are we? No, you're not going to. You're not. You're not. You're not strong. You're not feeling strong enough to call that. That's the, the AFC Championship game right there. Patriots uh, versus Raiders. Uh, my friend Google is stand by. <laughs> What's Google going to tell you? Is uh, it says, crunch? The Tuck Roll game is Raiders versus Patriots 2001. Yeah. The, the infamous yeah. Tuck Rule game. Are we looking at a rematch of it this year between the Patriots and the Raiders in the AFC Championship game? Is anybody confident that those are the two teams that are going to be left standing? I, in can't, I can't count out the Broncos. I can't count out the Chiefs. I mean, there are still power players and power teams in this matchup, especially in the AFC. Okay, fair enough. You know, I mean, just throwing it, it just throwing it out there, man. If, if you want to talk about a playoff. You know, the the teams you're looking at are the Patriots, Broncos, Chiefs, and the Raiders. And, I mean, that's uh, you talk about wrestling all the time. Put those four in a steel cage, lock the door, and fucking get some popcorn. You're going to be there. <laughs> that's must-see TV this season. You know, before it was, all right, just get through it all so we could see the Broncos versus the Pats and see who's going to be in the Super Bowl. But now you, 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 there's, there's what the fuckings. You know, you, you don't know. First the Pats, I would say in the 2000s, it was, okay, <laughs> it's going to be the Colts versus the Pats. Let's see who goes to the Super Bowl. If we're talking, like, recent history as far as teams butting heads. But I, I get what you're saying. Well, I'm just saying, Chris already made this bold prediction. It's a bit, but, you know, he's kind of sticking by it with the whole, it's 2016, anything can happen. It's the Lions year. <laughs> oh, I called that as soon as I got on the freaking show. Lions. Of course it's the Lions. <laughs> But then again, I, I wake up in the middle of fucking February. Lions? Detroit, Detroit Lions what? Lions? Of course, Earl, we get it. You called everything. <laughs> oh, no, I don't, I call, I don't call everything. I don't call everything, but I, I do call the Lions all the fucking time. Those are my, my boys. You're my boy, Blue. You understand that this, this aberration of a year... Of the Lions is the only thing really keeping your ass afloat in the picks, right? <laughs> uh, no, no, I killed you. Your your, your faith based pick of Aaron of Aaron Rodgers killed you this week. Your your guys's talk of and and your your fight with uh, 
the Indianapolis Colts is what killed you. And you were right. Everybody should have went and placed money. <laughs> and I tried to tell Chris, you do understand that they are playing an Indy and they beat him in Tennessee. He didn't listen either. I'm just saying, if the Colts would have would have would have won every pick I've had, it'd be a different out. We all got our team this year. <laughs> <laughs> it's just fucking us. <laughs> I I picked Pennsylvania perfectly this week. So I'm good. <laughs> There's your two for the year. Broken clock, right? Twice a year. <laughs> That's it. That's all I get. All right. Well, I guess we got one last thing to talk about. And I mean, we can we can do an abbreviated version of it, and then we can do our picks. But uh, ESPN has there's a there's a little college football game coming up this this weekend. Oh, is oh is there? I heard of, I heard something about it's a college football game. And ESPN is promoting it as like I said before, proper noun status. The game. The game. Pro- is that what you're supposed to say? The Who's game. Involved? I guess yeah. Because I guess they already had the game of the century in 2006, so they can't have another game of the century ten years later, when 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 Ohio State and Michigan were one and two respectively, and then <laughs> both got fucked up in their bowl games after that. <laughs> so, <laughs> and you know what ESPN doesn't realize or doesn't want to mention, the winner of this game has to face Alabama at some point. Hello, undefeated Alabama. Yeah. Oh no, I know. I, it, it's jokingly been been bantered about <laughs> who would win between the Browns and Alabama. Alabama, Alabama, and exactly, <laughs> ex- exactly. Even though there's even though there's some there's some former professional football players that says no college football team in the history of NCAA football could ever beat the worst team of professional football ever. Well, I'm going to have to disagree. Back back in the day when Florida Seminoles and the U. Went at it. Those two teams had some people, had some teams. Period. And those two universities that would give a lot of NFL teams a run for their money. Dude, the early two thousands, the early two thousands Hurricanes, they had a year where what was it? Eleven players went in the first two rounds. Eleven of their starters in one year. Oh, that's what I'm saying. In, those in one draft. That was people. Yeah, that was insanity. But I mean, uh, let's you know the U had their time. I'm sure they'll have it. But you know, I'm just saying, I I think uh, one. I think they're pumping it up because it is the probably one of the if not because I'm gonna come off very Earlish, very Icemanish here, Homerish in other words. It is probably the biggest rivalry in college football. It goes back a long ways. There's a lot of dislike. A lot of dislike between these two teams and fan bases to the point where you don't want to be a Michigan fan down at the horseshoe. You definitely don't want to be a Buckeye fan at the big house on game day. It's just you don't want that. But, it, I mean, so do you big, think. So big that Michigan State fans are. Ohio State University. I'm sorry, you broke up there. I didn't hear you. I said it's it's such a big deal that Michigan State fans are U of M fans when it comes to them playing Ohio State University. Mm, some. I'm not even going to say most. Not 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 these days. Well, I like to see Michigan it's, lose. See, see, <laughs> that's a Sparty for you. See, they they hate they hate Michigan now. You don't understand. I'm like they hated them before. They really hate them now. 
it's it's bad. <laughs> no, the reason I, that this is such a big deal is because of the the well, way that the college football has changed with the playoffs. I won't be rooting for Ohio State, but I won't be sad if Michigan loses. You you sound like me when I used to say, you know, if a plane crashed into Yankee Stadium while any other team besides the Tigers from the Central were playing the Yankees, I don't think I could shed a tear. Like you sound like like you sound like me. You're like fuck. I mean, if the, if the stadium exploded while everyone was there, I'd hope all the fans got out. But you know, I wouldn't really cry for the football teams. You know, yeah. The programs are rebuild. Ohio State's got deep pockets. They'd still probably be you know ranked in the preseason top twenty five. <laughs> There we go. There's that Sparty I know and love. I mean, come on. Come on, get it out. Get it out. We ain't even to the picks yet. But no, I, the one question I want to ask, honestly, all bullshit aside, all joking aside. Hey, uh, uh, um, I'm going to stop you guys for one second. I'm watching ESPN as we speak. Breaking news. Notre Dame ordered to vacate wins. Notre Dame ordered to vacate all wins from 2012, 13, 13 and 14 football seasons for academic misconduct. Wow. Damn. If he wasn't fired for his record, that guy is gone today. Wow. Uh, oh, my God. I bet Les, Les Miles wasn't fucking, uh, <laughs> he was in Ann Arbor on Saturday. Maybe stayed over. Hey, I got an interview in Indiana. <laughs> I was going to say, yeah. yeah. Next week. Uh, can we get oh, it? Can we get oh, it? Oh, my God. Breaking news. Can we get a GPS on Les Miles? Yeah, yeah I know, right? Less watch, dude. That is that is our one. Yeah. Yeah, dude, oh, that's, big, that's a big deal. Wow. That's, that's, that means they fucked up big time. Well, yeah. I mean, dude, that's like uh, that's that's on the level with Fab Five fuck up. That's well, no, no, no. Big. That's that's way bigger than that because Notre Dame, okay, isn't. Michigan. It isn't Michigan State or Ohio State. It isn't an athletic college. It is a academic-based religious college. Uh, well, dude, I mean, okay, I didn't go to Michigan. U of M, pretty highly considered in the academic department. But Talk I'm saying, bro, we're sitting here talking about how big of a deal their game is. Okay? Notre Dame it's it's founded and t- so cherished. Yeah, I got it. Touchdown Jesus and all that. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so I mean, it's not just ooh, your your sporting program and your athletic programs are all in trouble. This is a a, a level of what the fuck that y- you can't. There's no apologizing. There's no. Uh, I oh man, he's gone. Oh, dude, definitely. Definitely, yeah, definitely. That's mm-mm. you can't. Uh, they they got, jail over this, they would. <laughs> Talk about Notre Dame, but I, I'm just saying they, they have honor codes and all that shit. They take seriously at certain schools way more than other schools, and I'm assuming Notre Dame is probably one of the ones they take serious at. Yeah, this is this is this as big as Uncle Urban? Is this or not Uncle Urban? Uh, the vest? Is this is, is this as big as that shit? Captain Sweater Vest? Yeah. Uh, you kind of expected it. I'll, I'll tell you this. I'm, I'm going to come off as a Michigan fan no matter what I say, but I kind of expected it. Sorry. That's, I'd say, is this oh, like UFC, but Jim Carroll went running to Seattle <laughs> before anything could happen? Uh, this is, I'll, I'll say this is every bit as big as PSU. 
I dude, that's what I was thinking. I mean, obviously, yeah, obviously. Okay, okay, hold on, hold on, hold on. Now let's put this into into perspective here for anyone listening who just goes, I just can't believe they said some academic fraud is worse than child molestation. No, that's not what I'm saying. I'm speaking for myself at this point. What I'm saying is for them to to tell them to vacate that many wins means that they not only fucked up, but they fucked up bad. They didn't cover their tracks, and this goes a lot deeper than just a couple professors writing a couple passing grades on some papers for some star players and going, okay, go ahead. This is, By the way, we have actual audio of Jim Carroll leaving USC. I'm just saying, this is this could be like Penn State. This could be a lot more far-reaching than just the head coach, the athletic director, maybe even yeah. some people in the academic section. Yeah, this could school. be past these people because we need them to play football. This is probably what this is going to turn into. So that's where I say it's like Penn State. Because Penn State was, we're still, we, I don't think we'll know for a long time how far-reaching that Penn State scandal went. Because I'm still trying to wrap my head around it, that he knew, that, that Paterno knew in the late 70s this was going on. And said, well, we handled it internally. Okay, I'm sorry, when did Penn State University become the Catholic Church? By internally, we meant inside of the children. Pretty Ouch. Much, pretty much. I mean, dude, he basically gave him carte blanche to keep going. Ooh. So just okay. I'm gonna turn a blind eye towards it because you're a friend. Hey, I got I got friends I've known for you know most of my life. They're fucking children. I'm not turning a blind eye towards that. Dude, I'm turning the end. Uncle Jerry Sodomy just, Farm. Yeah. Why? Do, hold on. No, I know this fucking thing doesn't ring until I'm on with you guys. Sorry. <laughs> that is that is enormous. That's a huge deal, man. Well, it kind of it kind of takes the wind out of my sails and steals thunder. I was just going to say, do you think that ESPN and I, I have limited contact with ESPN, at least on the television side. I listen to more ESPN radio, but even there, they're hyping it up because they're carrying the game. I mean, do you think that they're just hyping it up way too much, the Michigan Ohio State game, or do you think it's it's a legitimate... The hype no, no. No, I think this year no. it's legitimate. It means something. But it doesn't just mean something. This, is, this isn't the rivalry. It's the rivalry plus the implications of the loss. Yeah, and the, C, and the, the CFP. We're talking national championship. We're not yep. just talking about the interstate rival. Correct. We're talking you're going to not just another bowl game. You're going to be a national... Play for a national championship. Much like Penn State, the implications here are far-reaching. Hold on, hold on, because Big Ten does have a championship game. No matter who wins this game, they still have to win the Big Ten championship game to be considered for the college playoff. Yeah, which it's pretty much a given. Yeah, but they're two of the teams that are in that they're you know they've been consistently ranked since those, the college football playoff rankings have come out. These two teams have been in the rankings. Two and number two and three. Yeah, consistently. This is a this is a kind of a big deal. Not uh, yeah. not just to the Big Ten, but just to college football in general. Even the winner of this game is in no way guaranteed a spot in the college football playoffs unless they win the Big Ten championship game. That's what I'm getting at. If they, whoever wins, no, they you, go could, and they you shit could possibly, bed, you could possibly have two t- Big Ten teams in the playoffs. You could, but it would start a shit storm because the SEC and the ACC would fucking throw shit fits because they go, we're the only conferences. Actually, the SEC would be like, we're the only conference that should have two fucking teams in there. Because we have the best players money can buy. Period. That's how the SEC looks at things. I know how to put this, but I'm kind of a big deal. 
Now, I will say this. If OSU and Michigan were going in, both unbeaten, and then, they, and then obviously there's going to be a loser. I mean, it could end in a tie. Knock on wood, it doesn't, because that would be fucking ridiculous. No, actually, college football doesn't end in a tie, does it? They go until someone fucking wins. You say, why do we still end in ties in general? Like, we haven't figured it, that out yet. But, I mean, then, then you could make a stronger case for it. But the, the, the people that you got to remember, the teams that are chosen for the playoffs are just that, chosen. And there's five power conferences in college football. There's four spots. So for them to give two Big Ten teams two of those four spots, 50% of the spots in the playoffs, those teams have got to be all-time great teams. Holy shit, Rich. Oh, man. the It continues. Oh, do we need to Hold on. Let me get the sound effect up again. We got more breaking news. Oh, yeah. From ESPN? Yeah. Hold on. Oh, God. Right, here we go. Go ahead. All right, breaking news. Earl, goddammit, Iceman. They've been, they've been, Notre Dame has been placed on suspension for a year. Like, in general? Yeah. Like Notre you Dame. You mean like the death penalty? And SMU, where they, they they can't play football for a year. Yeah, there's a lot of different. Whoa! Uh, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. We might be going a little bit longer than we thought. Hold on. Oh, you, you, there's you need no way. Glad I'm on One vacation. year probation from November 2016 to November 2017. Glad I'm on vacation today. A long one. There's a lot of penalties, and Brian just came out and said that it was. One particular student cheating off another particular student. Obviously, it was excessive cheating for a long period of time, but it wasn't like any implication of the program or any larger implications. The NCAA did just uh, agree to that. They they said that that's true. It was uh, disassociated a former student trainer from athletic program from two years ago. And uh, and they're gonna uh, Notre Dame is going to appeal the decision and the penalties. This is huge. Okay, because the list I'm getting that was that was just published five minutes ago says one year. This is okay. They have to vacate wins for 2012 and 2013, plus one year of probation for the athletic department, public reprimand, reprimand and censure for the school, and a five thousand dollar fine. <laughs> That's a drop in the bucket. A two-year show clause order against the student trainer, and the athletic department must disassociate from the former student trainer for two years. I, I don't hear anything about they can't play for a year unless there's, like I said, that was five minutes ago. But because, uh, dude, if they take them out of college football for one year, that's that's essentially the death penalty. That's what they did to SMU. I mean, that's to ban them outright from playing football for a year. That is that is the death penalty. That is what they they. That is why they named it that, because it set SMU back decades. If they're doing that to Notre Dame, there better be some children that they got molested. I mean, because... AP saying probation for a year. Okay, well, probation for a year is a lot different than yeah. you can't play for a year. Because if Penn State didn't get the death penalty for child molestation, it went as deep and as far back as it did, and Notre Dame gets it for academics bullshit... Oh, boy. Our next episode would basically be a very special episode. <laughs> Because the outrage from the fucking student body and just the the, the general 
people of 2016 would be so great. We couldn't really talk about anything else for about an hour and a half. Wow. I mean, don't get me wrong. It's still still some shit. What I love in the in the article I'm looking at from USA Today is says, Kelly says the penalties won't have an impact on his status as coach. Or status on his status of coach. Keep telling yourself that, buddy. Yeah. Yeah. I'm and sure. by the way, at four and seven, he, they have the worst record of his seven-year tenure at that school. I'm sure a guy so. who fucks a kid for the first time is in denial about it the first few times it happens. Damn. All right. So, we have a sports bomb explode in the middle of the show. This is what oh, happens. Oh, it's huge. <laughs> so, uh... Should probably uh, get to the picks, huh? No, Iceman, you got to get going to work here probably in a little bit. So, don't want. I got to leave here in five hours. I'm gonna go to bed. Oh, five. <laughs> oh, word. Never mind. My bad. All right. Uh, so, do we have anything else to say on Notre Dame, or do we want to move on to the picks? No, no let's get to the picks. No, this is going to be a developing story that we're going to be able to talk about next week because this is big. Breaking yeah. news. We need a breaking news sounder. <laughs> Um, all right, so let me bring up the Espen. Okay, so as far as Moom, uh, uh, Iceman had himself a hell, hell of a week. You went 12 and 2. All right, you stay in first. It's uh, your winning percentage here, 640. Rich, you stay in second. You went 9 and 5 last week. You're at 88, 7, or 88, 72, and 2. Uh, and of course, me in the basement, uh, eight and six last week, eighty-six, seventy-four, and two, a five thirty-one winning percentage. So, this let's week, let's go in that order. All right. Oh, you're going first. You're calling the shots. Well, you know, twelve and two. I got to do something, right? I know, right? Here you go. You can get a new side gig, and, and people hit you up on the internet and tell them who to bet on. Hey, I, I take donations. <laughs> I can't take payments, but I take donations. All right, so week 12 already, guys. Jesus Christ, it's been a hell of a season. And speaking of hell of a season, let's talk about Thursday. Bunch of teams playing Thursday. They're having hell of seasons. One, maybe not so much. But start with the first game, 12:30. The one everybody gets loaded watching, waiting for dinner. Vikings. Heading to Ford Field, taking on the Detroit Lions. Both teams at 6-4, and four, both teams at the top of the NFC North. Detroit 4-1 at home, Vikings 2-3 and three on the road. Iceman. Mr. Clutch, baby. Matthew Stafford. Coming at home, going to bring it home for the Lions. I'm going to say Lions every week. Uh, I am a homer to them. They have a special place in my heart. It's near and dear. Uh, just, I, I really think he is Mr. Clutch. I think he brings it home. All right. Well, I'd be a fool to pick anybody but the Lions. So, yeah, we'll keep it real short and simple. You guys heard what I thought about it earlier. Yeah, Lions are at home. I like Matt Stafford a lot better than I like Sam Bradford. Um, yeah, my, my worry is our secondary. Uh, the way Minnesota, has, any offense they've had this year, has been getting done has been through the air. Uh, but like us at home, I like us with momentum. I do think we're an overall better team. I'm going to go with the Detroit Lions. Okay, next up, Redskins heading to the Jerry Dome. Redskins, 6-3 and 1. Cowboys, 9-1. and one. Uh, Skins right now, uh, they're doing decent on the road. Uh, they're at 500 on the road. Cowboys, 4-1 at home. Um... Yeah, Iceman. 
Take it away. Kirk Cousins, I, I love his enthusiasm. I, I love his sound bites after he wins a game. Uh, but you celebrate too early, as Matthew Stafford showed you. You, you run in for 20 yards. You think you got the, the winning touchdown. And, well, you end up, you know, losing, looking like an idiot. This one, I don't, I don't even think you're going to wait for fourth quarter. I think you're just going to have to bow your head, take your lumps, and understand the Cowboys are having themselves a season. They got two rookies that are playing outside their mind. They're at a level that they shouldn't be at for another six years at least. I, I don't know how the hell that's possible, but it is. And they've proven it time and again. So, yeah, Cowboys. Yeah. Once again, I'd be a fool pick against the Cowboys. Um, now that the... Uh, the whole Romo, Romo drama is done and over with. They can actually concentrate on what I assume they want to do, which is just run the table and get their ass to the fucking Super Bowl. Yeah, I mean, Redskins, while they're better, they like I said, they are not who we thought they were. Uh, still, they've only been getting it done one way through the air, their running game this year. Kind of, Alfred Morris went to go back up Zeke in Dallas, and things just haven't been the same on the ground for the Redskins. Uh, I think that the Cowboys, if Dak's not getting it done in the air, I think Zeke's going to get it done on the ground. Uh, Jason Witten, another guy that you could probably toss in any conversation for comeback player of the year. Quite honestly, uh, Cowboys are at home. Uh, just so many things in Dallas' favor here. I'm picking, picking the Cowboys. Next up, the night game on Thanksgiving. Uh, the one most people will fall asleep in front of. Uh, and more than likely because of how it's going to go. Now, in years past, this is a good game. This year, I mean, even though, I mean, you get the Steelers at the Colts uh, in the house that Manning built. Uh, Colts are 5-5. Five and five. They've been a very unimpressive 5-5 five and five in my opinion. Uh, they're 3-2 at home. Steelers 2-3 and three away. Uh, both teams at 5-5. Five and five. Uh, Iceman, what do you think? Well, I think Andrew Luck has a concussion. He's going through the protocol. I don't think he's going to be starting. And uh, I even think with a, a, a gimpy Ben Roethlisberger, the Steelers are going to take this. <sighs> no matter what I pick, the Colts <laughs> are going to do the opposite. So Big I'm going gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna to make... Everybody in, in, in rich, the rich, happy. rich, don't do rich. it. I'm gonna pick rich, the rich. This is Pennsylvania versus your Colts, <laughs> and I just picked the Steelers. I'm well, just saying, I'm picking the Steelers, well, man. We're all so, picking the Steelers because you know what that means. You know what that means. Colts, time to party on Thanksgiving night. Yeah, I know, right? <laughs> I just turkey like a motherfucker. Yeah. If you watch both teams play, Pittsburgh's got the better team this year. I don't. And the Colts, I think, have. Fallen into five and five. I'm uh, picking the Steelers. Uh, next up, all right, on to Sunday. Uh, sorry, Rich Seahawks heading down to Tampa Bay to face the Buccaneers. Oh, Jesus! I, uh, I don't know because I picked against the Bucks last week and the Chiefs were like, "What the fuckins?" Uh, I, I gotta go Seahawks. I think. Do I have to? I have to. Yeah, I got to. Yep, Seahawks. The only bright spot that came out of last week, it decides the win for Tampa Bay. And the only thing that I can hope for in this game is that uh, famous Jameis has tied the NFL record for 23 games with a passing or rushing touchdown for a quarterback. I can only hope that he 
breaks the record and goes to 24. Um, because he damn sure, he damn sure ain't leading on the victory this week. So it's definitely going to be the Seahawks. All right, so far, all three of us picking the exact same things because I'm going with the Seahawks. Buccaneers are they're one and four at home. I you mean, motherfuckers are just dipping in my Kool Aid. Well, it's just you got to. You could have went last, asshole. I mean, the devil's <laughs> the devil's advocate argument here could be that uh, you know the pendulum could start swinging the other way statistics wise for the Bucks to get a win at home here. But I mean, it's Seattle is they're one and four at home, man. They're they're a road team. They're four and one on the road. They're one and four at home. Yeah, Seattle is just Seattle, so I'm going with Seattle. Now, I will say this, even if they were at Seattle, I wouldn't pick them. Even though they are a better road team because of the 12th man. And that's just, no, that's not happening. So, Alright, uh, the shit bowl this week. I don't know, there could be a couple more, but the first shit bowl on the docket. The Titans heading to Soldier Field. The Titans are 5-6. and six. The Bears, 2-8. Two 2-2 and eight. Two and two at Marcus. home. Titans two and three away. Marcus Mariota, beautiful quarterback. They got amazing running back. They got a strong defense. One of my favorite teams in the NFL, actually. I actually think they come in and just annihilate the toilet bowl. Beautiful, amazing, and strong were just used to describe a football team. Yeah, none of that's true. I actually hate the Titans, and I could care less about Marcus Mariota, (laughs) or however you pronounce his fucking name. But I ain't picking the toilet bowl, so Titans. <laughs> hey man, it's all good. Uh, we're gonna keep the streak alive, I guess. We're gonna keep picking the same shit. We're gonna pick the Titans. I just, I, I there's nothing. That, look, I, I had a gut feeling about the Bears a couple weeks ago, and I got burned. And, but I've, besides that, and that was just a gut feeling. I said that before I made my pick. The Bears have showed me nothing this year. I mean, this is. <laughs> Okay, essentially... These are common-sense picks, actually. Uh, essentially, you are tied with the Jaguars to be the second-worst team in the league, only behind the Browns, who are having a historically bad season. So, yeah. No. The lockstep continues because uh, Bears lost their leading receiver last week, Zach Miller, their tight end. <laughs> yep, what? that's what it sounded like. <laughs> yeah, broken foot. Done for the season. You're already two and eight. Uh, I, you know, you're at Soldier Field. Uh, you ain't the Cubs this year, guys. So we're going with the Titans. Oh shit! I just realized something. What's I'm that? sorry. Jacksonville and the Bears aren't tied for second to be the worst team. They're tied for third. I forgot the 49ers are really stinking up this year. Yeah. <laughs> My bad. And speaking of Jacksonville, next up, Jaguars heading to Buffalo. Jags two and eight, one and four in the row. Buffalo five and five, two and two at home. I'll just keep this up. Uh, I, I, you know, common sense picks. Said it all season. I'm going to continue to say it until they show me that they've changed something, and I don't think they're going to. Jags, a lot of fucking talent. No fucking coaching. Bills. Yeah, sexy Rexy's going to. He, he, if he loses this game. He's gonna he's gonna just go off his diet. It's gonna be bad. So I just can't imagine his wife's gonna let him go back to being job of the the, the, the butt. So yeah, Bills. Maybe it's because Thanksgiving. We're just all in the good mood and all on the same page together. But Bills got a top ten defense this year. Going with the Buffalo Bills. Uh, hey, they're just common sense picks, man. Uh, yeah, this week is it's common sense week here here in the picks. Uh, next up, Bengals heading into Baltimore to face the Ravens. 
<laughs> I have a feeling I know how this one's going to go too, guys. Exactly. Well, That's Bengals, what I'm saying. Three and six, one and four on the road. Just lost AJ Green. Greens? AJ Greens? Uh, Ravens, five and five, three and two at home. Uh, you know, just coming off a bad beat from Dallas. I mean, they, they were competitive in that game. But, uh, yeah, Iceman, take it away for our next pick that we all agree on. Yeah, absolutely. The Ravens, it's a common sense pick. They're, they're number one. Well, they're number one, but their only offense, A.J. Green, gone. Uh, it, what do you do? You've given away all your receivers. Your defense isn't what it wants to be. Not what it used to be, but what it wants to be. And uh, you're going to get railroaded. Yeah, choo-choo, motherfuckers. <laughs> Ravens. <laughs> yeah, same here. Baltimore. Uh, I think it's going to be ugly quite honestly in that game because i mean it's yeah uh a major part of your offense is done son so hey maybe we're on to maybe next year if you're a bengals fan next up cardinals versus the dirty birds you realize the detroit lions and the atlanta falcons have the same record uh cardinals are four and five surprisingly underwhelming this year one and three on the road falcons six and four two and two at home yeah, this is gonna. This might be a little tough. We might finally have some uh, some difference in our picks here. Well, you might, but I'm gonna go with the Falcons. I, I've looked at this game, the Battle of the Birds. Um, you know, Cardinals have it. They really do. They have the talent. Uh, Bruce Arians is uh, he's all right, coach. He knows his stuff. He knows what he's doing out there. He's got you know Peterson on defense. Uh, I just. You know, the Honey Badger also, I just, I, I don't know why it doesn't come together the way it should. You know, it's like, they take, they, I don't know, the Cardinals remind me a lot of the Lions. If there's a way to lose it, they'll find it. And they have been this season for whatever reason. They have a hell of a running back that they can't get the full potential out of. Yeah, Matty Ice is, you know, having a hell of a season. He's come back a long way. So I, I got to go Falcons. Okay, usually because I look at the I look at the NFC South and it's for all my shitting on on all the teams, including the Bucks in the NFC South. It's really a division that's got a lot of parity in it. Not much that, that, that separates the last place team from the first place team. However, I usually at this point would look at the defense. Look at the Cardinals defense. They've given up 190 points, to 283 that the Falcons have given up. There's one number that sticks out. Falcons have scored 320 points. That's the reason I'm picking the Falcons. Well, actually, I'm going with... Uh, God, I mean, one thing I have seen this year is when they play any kind of decent secondary, they're not lighting it up in the air. But they, they, they got Devontae Freeman... Like, oh, God damn, I want to pick the Cardinals so bad just to be different. And they have DJ. Yeah. But, coming running back. Uh, but we've that's seen, what I said. But we've seen earlier this year when uh, Jones get double gets double covered, Sanu gets open and gets it done. But see, that's what I'm trying to tell you. They remind me of the fucking Lions. If there's a way to lose it, they'll find it. Everything points to they should be able to pull this out, and they just find a way to lose it. No, I'm talking about the Falcons, so I mean... They, I'm, I'm talking the Falcons. Cardinals. Yeah, no, but I'm saying I'm talking about just what's weighing on me with why well, I gotta pick the Falcons. Quite honestly, like, I want to pick the Cardinals, but their defense this year isn't what it's like. Last year it was the vaunted Cardinal defense. This year it's the 
Cardinals defense, so I'm going with the Falcons. So we continue to be locked. I swear, one of these will finally pick a different Oh, one. trust me. I'm going to break this. All right, next up. Well, it's, it's not going to be with this pick. Next up, the Giants heading into Cleveland. Uh, Giants 7-3, and 2-2 two and two on the road. Browns 0-11, 0-5 at home. Should I just write in the G-Man for all three of us and we move on to the next one? Absolutely not, Chris. This is where we get dif- different. Get the fuck out the of Browns. here. No way. How? I absolutely Why? do. Well, there's a lot of reasons. One, I completely, absolutely, and positively hate Eli Manning. Two, I don't want the Browns to share my Detroit Lions 0-16. And I think they have a decent shot at making this a kind of a game. And it, they could get lucky. Man, I'm the one so, who's sitting here smoking weed. Wow. All right. <laughs> uh, oh, shit. No, I'm just saying, fuck Eli and his receiving court. Dude, it's yeah, just so sure. sad that you're so much of a homer. You don't want the record for being the most inept team in the history of the NFL. <laughs> well, no, that combined with the fact that I can, you, the feelings I have for Eli Manning, yeah, that both of those two combined. So should you two just fucking get it over with? I'm just saying. Uh, oh. He's going to get fucked on, on Sunday by Cleveland. Okay. Uh, He's going to walk out and uh, I don't know. Yeah, he'll once again have that frozen Freddie Prince Jr. look on his face the entire time. Uh, yeah, give me the G-Man. Yeah, let's take the, dude, I'm high, but I'm telling you you're high. I'm taking the Giants. If Cleveland's eking out a win this year, it's not against the Giants. He's high on okay. it. He put too much sugar if, in that, if, that, 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 that Lion's Kool-Aid he's been drinking. Okay, yeah. but I'm just saying, if this since this is the one that broke the, the step of us all in the row, we can absolutely 100% solidify that I'm the Iceman. And Motherfucker, I'm just, I'm just saying you need to skip step march and get back in lockstep. That's what I'm saying. <laughs> and next up, Rams heading down to New Orleans. Both teams 4-6. and six. Rams 3-2 and two on the road. New Orleans... Two and three at home. Uh, I think we've seen the beginning of the Jared Goff era, ladies and gentlemen. He won, so not like they're gonna pull him, right? He didn't win. Oh, he didn't win. He didn't win. He played the fucking uh, Dolphins. Oh no, yeah, no, that's right. He was. That's right. That's right. Yeah, Dolphins showed up in the fourth quarter and stole the game. Correct. That's why I sent you guys the picture of the Ram, and it said St. Louis Rams, and they had a bag on its head, mm-hmm. and then it said L.A. Rams, and they had a Gucci bag on its head. Yeah, that's right. right. My bad. Higher, higher class of loser. loser. I Better a, class. I smoke a little weed sometimes. No, that's right. Yeah, the Rams were going to win. Yeah, that's right. And no, yeah, we're, they gave we're, we're that back game in, away. Uh, we're back in lockstep on this one. Saints, duh. Yeah, I'm gonna, I'm gonna, yeah, I'm grabbing Nolans. Back to common sense picking at this point. Yeah, same I mean, I, I mean, if you look at it, the eyeball test, they both have the same record. But this, no, they play two different styles of football. You know, New Orleans exactly. plays good football. Exactly. All right, next up, the Niners. No, Niners matches their re- one and Niner. They're 0 and 4 on the road, heading down to Miami. Six and the surprisingly six and four, Miami Dolphins. Did I hear a home. I, did I hear a Niner in there? Were you called from a walkie-talkie? There's several Niners. Uh, <laughs> I mean, Jay Ajayi, obviously the surprise, uh, the the surprise of the season for Miami. Yeah, I, I'm going to shock you guys once again. Here we go. I'm, no, I'm picking Miami. Are you kidding me? <laughs> Are you fucking kidding me? 
No. Look, I may, according to Iceman here, I may have Sue Envy, or excuse me, Watt Envy, but he's got Sue Envy, so. Of course, she's not even close to have Sue Envy. I told you. He fucked up. You know he fucked up, right? Yeah, I know. I know, I know. Have fun sitting on your Miami defensive line on South Beach thinking you're something and you ain't shit. Yeah, well, I'm not picking the Niners, so go ahead, Chris. (laughs) Same here. I'm going with the fish. Next up, Chargers, 4-6, 1-4 on the road. Coming off the bye, Texans, 6-4, 5-0 at home. uh, Just taking a loss in Monday Night Football. Texans, that's my pick. What we didn't talk about was Monday being in uh, Mexico, okay, and all the terrible, terrible, terrible calls officiating that went against Texas. Now I see it happens in the jobs in Mexico. With the flags, without the flags, all this shit. I don't care. There were just blatantly horrid calls against the Texans. I don't talk about it much because I truly think it doesn't come down to the calls. But in this case, there were so many just outlandish what the fuckings with the refs that it cost the Texans that game. Raiders are who we thought they were. They're doing great. Yay for them. However, there was so many missed and wrong calls by that officiating crew. I I can't even begin to go. Are you kidding me? It's like, are you? What the fuck? No. I, I I think they're pissed. I think their coach is pissed. I think they they feel like Arizona gets fucking the Bears. They are who we thought they were. We had them and we let them off the hook. They didn't let them off the hook. The rest did. They're gonna be pissed. They're gonna come out. And, and what is with the green laser in the quarterback's eye? Are you kidding? Welcome to Mexico, buddy. Hey, what's the yeah? Well, they're at home now. Touchdowns. They're back in the Alamo. Philip Rivers, have a seat. You'll be all right. Lock it off. Okay, well, I, I agree with you for the most part about it doesn't come down to, to, to usually the officiating. But then I just think of the, uh, back in the day, the convicts versus Catholics game. And Jimmy Johnson told his team, do not leave it up to the officials, because if you do, they will fuck us. And they did. So I agree with you totally on that. We That was just the subject we forgot to talk about. <clears throat> but yeah, just so there, we both said our piece on that. Having said that, once again, the drill instructor's happy with us. We're in lockstep on this one. New Texans. Oh, no, we are not. I knew that was coming. Yes, just watching the game last night, uh, Houston's got a little problem stopping the run. Uh, Melvin Gordon's having himself a year. Uh, two, and even though they've been good against the pass, Houston every now and then proved last night, or a couple times, big play can get away from them. Uh, I like... Uh, I like San Diego's offense a lot better than I like Houston's offense. In Houston, they got what, Lamar Miller and DeAndre Hopkins, maybe. Because the problem is the Hopkins is covered all the damn time. Uh, they got CJ Federer or whatever, Wits and Polak playing tight end. Uh, then San Diego, you got Antonio Gates uh, with his old ass, but still, when you know you got Hunter Henry. I like I like San Diego's off. I think San Diego's problem all year, as I said, has been their defense not stopping the opponent. San Diego's offense is doing all right this year. It's their defense. Uh, but I think their defense can handle Houston's kind of lackluster offense. Give me the Chargers. All right. Next I'm up. Just saying, I'm just saying right now, okay, just so you know, Texans had a hard time stopping Ladarius. 
So is everybody else. Texans got a big couple of big plays away from them because of Amari Cooper. So is everybody else. San Diego Texas, doesn't have either one of them. Texas is deal. You know, Texas is good against the pass this year and so-so against the run. And Melvin Gordon is is not the but he's a top five. He's the Latavius, he's a better back than Murray this year. He's having a way better season than Latavius Murray is. I'm just saying. All right. All right. So Panthers heading to the fucking Coliseum for the afternoon games now. <laughs> These crybabies, really? Yeah. There's no crying. There's no crying in football. Your quarterback cries after the game. Your star linebacker cries during the game. I can't pick you anymore. Fuck you, Raiders. Yeah, give me the Raiders. Yeah, uh, Raiders are legit this year. Eight and two, now they could fuck around and still make the playoffs at this point. Um, believer, give me the Raiders. Well, and their biggest tackler, Panthers' biggest tackler, is off with a concussion, crying in a corner somewhere. He hit too many people. Next up, afternoon game. Two East Coast teams, but <laughs> still afternoon game. Matchup not as sexy as it used to be, because uh, uh, the sexy part of it's in Buffalo now. But the Pats heading to Jersey. The Pats eight and two, five and zero on the road. Jets three and seven, one and three at home. Think, Go away. Think, think, I know where, think we all know where this is. Well, I have the moratorium, so we know where this is Go. going for me. <laughs> but how about you guys? Go away. <laughs> Don't go away, Matt. Just. Just go away. Just go away. <laughs> <laughs> Call back from way back, Rich. All right. Yeah, no, this is Pats, dude. I, yeah, stop it. Yeah, Pats. Come on now. Yeah, exactly. I mean, come on. Really? You know, kind of like sound like you know what we're doing. All right. I was just thinking half the Patriots team doesn't even make the trip, I think. <laughs> Sunday night. This is going to be an awesome fucking game. All right. I don't want to pick this game. 8.30 p.m. on the Peacock Network, who upgraded from Faith Hill to Carrie Underwood. It's, it's true, you know, you hit 40, you got to bring in the younger model. Uh, the Chiefs. Ever, I, knocked, I knocked the dust off it. Yeah, I knocked the dust off of both of them. Either one. Faith Hill's more age-appropriate for me anyway. Chiefs. Seven and three, three and two on the road, coming off of a bad fucking loss to the Bucks, heading in to Mile High. I don't care if it's not called Mile High, I'm calling them Mile High. Broncos seven and three, four and one at home. Classic AFC matchup. This could be the potential championship game, ladies and gentlemen. A potential. I'm not that a potential, Earl. I I'm not hear you. that far with it, but it's definitely going to be a playoff game. And uh, I'm struggling here. I, this this is a hundred percent a coin flip, and it's because they're so good and bad at the same time. Oh Jesus! Oh, any given Sunday you're gonna win or lose, right? It's just a pick, right, Rich? Just a pick, man. It's not right. brain surgery. Uh, oh, I was this close to saying it too. Ah, oh, uh, give all right. Broncos, fuck it. Give me the Broncos. All right. Well, as painful as that sounded. I believe I've seen tooth extractions that went a little bit smoother than that. Um, <clears throat> strictly just from a stats standpoint, I'm looking at this, and these two teams are damn near identical. I mean, points allowed, there's two points separating them. Points for, there's less than 20 points separating them. The records on the road and at home, exactly the same. Kind of giving you some insight to how I pick these coin toss games. The only thing I can go on is momentum. And Chiefs just coming off a loss, Broncos coming off a win. So 
I'm there with you, Earl. Give me the Broncos. All right. Well, here's where we're going to differ. I like Kansas City's offensive weapons a lot better than I, I like it. Denver's offensive weapons. Uh, Dem- uh, Denver, we're said it all year and I'll say it again. Denver's defense has been winning their games for them. Their last win is a perfect microcosm of Denver's season. How the defense stole that game away at the last second from New Orleans. That's who's been winning. I don't like Trevor Simeon. I think Trevor Simeon's going to be a fucking byline a year from now. Yeah, but it is a hell of a defense, though. He's going to be the guy. Trevor Simeon's going to go down in history as the guy after Peyton Manning and before Tony Romo. All right. Exactly, he's keeping Tony Romo's spot warm. Yeah, I, I, I think Emmanuel Sanders, had. I think his better days are were behind him in Pittsburgh, quite honestly. Uh, Demarius Thomas, he's getting into the realm of also ran. Uh, Jacob Tam, he's old as fuck, his tight end. Uh, C.J. Anderson has been underwhelming at running back. Uh, I think the Chiefs, you've had Spencer Ware having a great year. Uh, Alex Smith. Uh, it's been receiver by committee. He's kind of spreading the ball around a lot, but I like the Chiefs' offense a lot better than I like the Broncos' offense. Give me the Chiefs. Yeah, just see, and I wanted to go Chiefs. I just don't like the Chiefs' offense against the Broncos' defense. Like I just don't. Travis Kelsey. I, <clears throat> I just want to throw in there real quick. As fuck is my favorite form of measurement. Go ahead. <laughs> I know, right? <laughs> how, how much is it? Oh man, it's this is fuck. Yeah. Oh. As fuck? Oh, that's yeah. a lot, then. All right. Old as fuck. Oh, he's old. Yeah. Oh, I was called gay as fuck this morning. I said, his fans football rating is one gay as fuck. First place. It's the best I can come up with. All you right. You know that homo- homophobia is allowed in your fantasy football league. Hey, <laughs> speaking, of gay as, speaking of gay as fuck, Michigan State heading into Penn State. <laughs> Penn State number eight. Michigan State, uh, it's been over for a while. Uh, but you know what? I, I want to give this to Michigan State. Michigan State is showing next year. Look out, because what I've been seeing Chris, the last Chris, couple weeks, Chris. Yes. I'm going to use another standard form of measurement. You're high as fuck. You forgot a game. What do you mean? I'm in the schedule for this week. No, there's there's two games. We're starting with the non-headliner one first. We're not starting. Dude, dude, dude. What about Monday night? Monday night. I thought that was Monday night. That was Sunday night. Oh, shit. What's Monday night? My bad. Oh. High as fuck. <laughs> yeah. There we go. <laughs> You're just getting your Sparty roll on, too. Ah, oh, damn it. Dude. I got Spartan blue balls. God damn you. <laughs> uh, Eagles Packers. There. Thank That's you. Someone finally Packers. said it. Eagles at the pack. Go ahead, Iceman. You're first. I gotta pick Pennsylvania. Oh, You're picking, picking the whole state? <laughs> yeah, because I picked Pittsburgh and now I gotta pick Philly. Motherfucker, you better pack, watch. Have better packed watch, the fuck up, man. You better watch every Rocky movie, including that bullshit one that just came out, Creed. <laughs> I gotta watch them all. <laughs> every one of them this week. Oh my god. Get your Pennsylvania yeah. uh, mojo working. Rogers has double checked. And he's still R E L A X. And what the fucking I, the Packers? Poor. I, I I don't know. I, I can't tell you that they don't have the talent. They still have the same people that were there that's supposed to be the talent. I, I can't say it's the coaching. They still have the same coach who's been you know who's won Super Bowls. What the fuckins? I don't know. So until they figure that shit out, uh, enjoy beating the Green Bay Packers, Wentz. Yeah, I'm gonna go ahead and 
co-sign on that. I just I, I, something's telling me that something's just not right. I've been reading too much, hearing too many whispers. Seems like the wheels are coming off in, in Green Bay, and usually when that happens at this point in the season, it's it's hard to right the ship. So yeah, give me the Eagles. All right. All right, well, Carson Wentz's dirty little secret this year is that Philly defense has been holding them up and making them look serviceable. Yeah, that um, Philly defense is, yeah, pretty good. Yeah, if they're, if, they're, if they're not a top five defense this year, they're a top ten. And I don't think there's much to defend in Green Bay, so i got to pick the Eagles. That being said, back to my Spartan boner. Oh, jeez. Well, no, I just want to say the last few games, they look like... Because one, the one knock we've heard against them all year, the one defense, I guess, I've thrown up for them, you, you two are a little bit, is they're young. A lot of them are new. They have a lot of new blood this year. And you're starting to see them congeal as a unit, I think, the last couple games here. Gives me hope for next year that, you know, give D'Antonio another, you know, give him a little bit more time with these guys. And next year it should be something to see. But that being said, I mean, Penn State's ranked eight Spartans. I mean, they were competitive last week. They were kind of competitive in the Michigan game. Uh, I think Penn State's going to beat them, so I'm picking Penn State. And I went out of order, but <laughs> you guys go. Well, those are your boys, so I, you yeah. know, I, I got to give you your leeway. I give you your due! <laughs> <laughs> and I held you up from it, so you had to finish. I understand. I'm a man. I get it. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, speaking of finishing, Penn State's going to finish Michigan State's season the way it's been pretty much heading. Uh, they are young, they are coming together. It, it could be a decent game, and uh, it, the problem is, is like I said, I thought they quit. They haven't quit. Uh, they're just finding their their way. However, uh, their coach is terrible at coaching them. Uh, I'm sure he's good with veteran players, and everybody understands his way. This ain't that team. So, ha- have fun, Penn State. This is going to be a-, a-, a remake of of what they did to the kids. Give him his due! <laughs> <laughs> uh, something you said, Earl, reminded me of a-, of a scene from Heartbreak Ridge. The Marines are looking for a few good men. Unfortunately, you ain't it. That's it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, Penn State all day. Come on. I mean, look. It, I know. I know that there's probably some Sparty fan listening, going, "I'll oh, listen to this Michigan fucking Walmart Wolverine." No, look. I've. I think I've tried all season to be as straight down the middle with with both these teams as I could. So, just it, sit down, eat your fucking eat your, eat your eat your soup, eat your humble pie for dessert. It's a bad season. See you next season. Come to play. Right, put your jack strap on. So Penn State, bottom, done. All right, the, the, all right. Now the the game, according to the four letter network, the game of the year. Yeah. You know, since he went out of turn, can I go out of turn? Yeah, go ahead. Take your boys. They're at the horseshoe. No, I'm, no, I'm going last. I'm going last. Oh, you're going last. Yeah, go ahead. Uh, this is the game. Yeah. Uh, this is this is this is a coin flip. This is a. Uh, I mean, this is gonna see. This is gonna be who is who we thought they were. But the, it's not just us three. It's gonna be to the entire country. Uh, Michigan Wolverines are coming out, 
and they have you know fierceness they they have hunger uh their you know coaches obviously you know we've talked about him enough but you know you got Meyer hell of a coach I nobody I don't care who you like in in college football you can't dispute what Myers has done with any program either program that he's coached you can't and it, it's going to be a hell of a coaching battle uh, it's I think going to live up to its bill I don't think you're going to come out and Michigan's going to blow them out or Ohio State's going to blow them out I think it's going to be a hard fought hard nose trench warfare battle uh, old school college football game and it, it's going to be interesting uh, I, I don't think I got to get to the pick and, I, and I, I, I just don't think Ohio State has what Michigan has and that's the talent it, it has some decent it has some very good athletes it has some very good coaching but it just doesn't make up for everything that Michigan has for it I gotta go Michigan in a very very close game I think if you win this game and your name is Jim Harbaugh this game legitimizes you regardless of the outcome of the season I mean at this point you're 10 and 1 uh, you you beat little brother. Uh, I mean, you've done. It, this is only a second season, and there are already people are were ranked for the college football champion. Sorry, they're ranked for the college football championship. Uh, your name's in the conversation for talking about the national championship. Um, if you win this game and you're Michigan, this legitimate. Uh, you're you're. Ah, this Michigan State fan. This pains me to say it. I know the mics are hot and y'all can hear me, but if you're you're back if you win this game in your Michigan. Like it's daddy's home, as it did refer to what Rich likes to say. Um I, I I'm with you. I think it's flip a coin as watch both teams play this year. I don't as just as a third party observer, I don't see any reason if you're Michigan to be intimidated in the other way if you're Ohio State. Uh, I'm just gonna strictly go with the Homer pick, and maybe I'm rooting, rooting for the, rooting for Harbaugh to bring this program back. I'll pick Michigan. All right, this is the game that I have done my best not to sit and talk about. I've done my best to say Michigan needs to take every game as they come. Worry about the game in front of them. That's it. They'll get to this game eventually. God willing, the creek don't rise. The creek didn't rise, and apparently the deity of your choosing is willing. So here we are. I don't like fucking Uncle Urban. I don't like OSU. I think Harbaugh has done some great things this season, but I don't think Jesus and Khakis has got enough to beat him. I just my gut feeling is this is this is where this is where Did I hear you right? Yeah. This is where you're going to see that Ohio State, for whatever reason, and I could I could I could get all petty and bitter and say because they got the best players and the Big Ten money can buy, but I won't. I'm just going to say Ohio State is the elite team in the Big Ten. And until some team proves me wrong, I can't pick against them. Damn that one loss. Damn their losses against Michigan State in the last couple of years. It doesn't matter. This is the game that they get up for. And I don't even think it's going to be close. I think Ohio State is going to run rough shot all over Michigan. And it pisses me off, and I wish I still drank. <laughs> Are you serious? You're I'm dead. Sandusky on him. I'm, I, yeah, it's gonna be ugly, dude. I, that's you, my gut feeling. And I've been you realize the team I, that that Ohio State lost to is the team 
that Michigan beat. I, dude, yes. Okay. I'm just saying. I've I've sat through what is it out of eleven seasons, ten losses now, and I've seen games where these teams. To me, the eyeball tests were more evenly matched than they are now. And on top of that, every single player on that team who's dressing for Ohio State is so fucking sick and tired of hearing about Michigan. So sick and tired of hearing about Harbaugh. And they're pissed off because they're having a, an amazing season and all anyone can talk about is what's going on up north. So they got a chip on their shoulder, they're pissed, and they're going to come out and they're going to take it out of my boys. And it's going to suck, and I'm going to have to listen to a bunch of dipshits who don't even fucking watch college football post shit on my fucking wall about how I'm stupid and I'm a Michigan fan, I'm a Walmart Wolverine, and then the Sparties are going to join in and that's going to suck. Then I can go, who won last year's? It, it, yeah, so far. And then it, it's, it's going to suck. But I'm going to OSU on this, man. And I'm, I, I, my prediction is OSU is going to win big. I have to believe that you're picking this in hopes that the opposite effect of the cult type thing is happening here with Michigan. No, I, I mean, have dude, to. To be completely honest with you, I, dude, I totally hope Michigan wins. I hope I'm wrong. But how many times have I said so far through the season, whether it be NCAA or pro football, until a team shows me they can do it, I'm not going to buy what they're selling. And one win out of the last 11 meetings? Come on, dude. Come on. Okay. I'm from Missouri. Show me. This is where you be like, oh, the tide is turning. Statistics are on our side. You lose so many times, you're bound to start winning. Come on, Rich. I, if I'm just crunching the numbers, I'd still pick Ohio State. I mean, if I'm going to get all, like, Billy Bean metric on the shit, I'm going to call Jonah Hill, and he's going to say Ohio State, too. So, I, I'm just saying, with this season particularly, Ohio State lost to the team that Michigan beat. I understand. Okay. So you're just giving more weight to my argument that if Harbaugh wins, this this legitimizes a lot more than Harbaugh. Like this, you're back if you win this game. Michigan's back, baby. Michigan has to win the Big Ten to be back. Michigan has to. Michigan unless they come up against Alabama in the first game of the college football playoffs. If they win the Big Ten, if they beat Ohio State, and they. The only loss I'll forgive them is to Alabama this year, and say. They're back. If they get if they get to play Alabama and they lose to Bama, come on, man. We, we just had this discussion earlier in the show. You can't really fuck with Bama. Fathers do it. Roll tight. How many I mean, Spartan fans, fucking pussies, will that stick in if Michigan beats Alabama and beats Alabama? It's going to be like, oh, well, you had your shot and you guys blew it. I mean, like once again, don't get me wrong. I, I, I want Michigan to win. I want Michigan to go in there and it get ugly. But I mean, I do I do it. Earl, I do agree with you. I think it's going to be old school football, old school Big Ten football. Um, But I just, my faith. It's a shocking revelation, it, ladies and gentlemen. My faith just isn't in with, 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 with Jesus and khakis yet. I mean, you won against State and you should have. To be honest with you, you should have a 2-0 record against State. I can't fault them for last season. That was a dumb play. No one drew that play up. That was not fucking in the in the Spartans' playbook. D'Antonio didn't pull that out of his ass. That was just dumb fuck-up stupidity and, and, and fuckery coming together, and State won. But the way they, they played against State, 
their second biggest rival, and I would even argue right now their biggest rival because you have to win every once in a while to have a rivalry, and they haven't done that against Ohio State. This so is the game, son. This is the game. Yeah, I, and I and I see where you're at, Rich. I do, but this isn't me saying that he's Jesus in khakis. This isn't me saying that Harbaugh is, is the second coming. This is a Michigan team that is coming together as a unit, have all season long. They're hungry, they're young, they're ready. They want to win. They're they're feeding off each other. It's not just Peppers. It's it's the entire team. And all Harbaugh did was go, okay, I have the way to win here. I'll show it to you. And they've looked, they've studied, they've studied again, and then they looked again, and then they practiced, and then they practiced again, and then they went back and looked. And I just think they're focused enough, they're hungry enough, and they're obviously talented enough to finally pull this off. I hope you're right. Dude, I just, to me... If I picked Michigan, from just as a, it would be a homer pick. This is, you know, not to mention Peppers has a huge chip on his shoulder for getting bounced out of the Heisman talk. No, that's true. That's true. He has something to prove other than, you know, he can beat Ohio State. He has things to prove to a lot of people to hand them a cup of shut the fuck up. I totally agree with you. Just, I don't think it's enough, man. I mean, heart. We'll, we'll and, see on Saturday. Heart and want and want to only gets you so far. Not really. It's about eighty percent. Look at Zeke. Sixty percent of the time, it works. A hundred percent of the time. Yeah. Damn right. <laughs> that's part's a, a real panther in there. I'm just saying. That's a good note to go out on, gentlemen. Hey, you know, it's Thanksgiving. You get a big extra helping with Sporgy this week. I know, three hours. Cover a lot of ground. A lot of it about football. But Thanksgiving and then and then what it's all about on Thanksgiving. Football. Yeah. And, and let me let me just point something out here. I've never done this on any of of the shows. I've been with the network for let's just say two and a half years roughly, maybe a little bit shy under two and a half years. Oh, that's a lot of back paychecks. <laughs> Here's the deal. You just got three hours of uninterrupted, no commercials. And yes, I understand we front load with with, you know, check this out, check that out. That's just the nature of the business. But you got three hours of content. Obviously, you're listening. If you're listening right now, you've listened before. If you haven't listened before, welcome. Hope hope you're amused. But if you are a return listener, you've been amused. Here's the deal. This all comes out of our time. There's no money in it for us. And I'm... I, in fact, money goes the opposite way. Yes, it does. Yes, <laughs> yes. it does. Um, and there's there's a studio that's built, even though we're not all sitting in it. There's a lot that goes into it that would bore the shit out of you. And here's the deal. There's a donate button. Oh, it's a holiday if like, season. If you like what you hear, and Chris can back me up. I've never done this. I've never said this on, on Regimented. I've never said it on, on this podcast. Rich is just full of unprecedented things today. I know, but, right? But seriously, if, if, if you like what you hear and you got a couple extra bucks, hey, it'll help with the, it'll help with the, with the high-speed Internet bill. may help to get 
some new software so we sound a little bit better. They hope to get some new mics, a new headset, whatever the fuck. Anything helps, we appreciate it. Keeps our spot parked on the internet. All that yeah. stuff. I mean, because we're not shoving commercials in here at you. And if you think it's easy to sit with three people and talk for three hours and not have big holes in the conversation, I challenge you to do it. Go out and start your own podcast. And I don't say that in a smart-ass way. I say that, and I hope if you really feel you can do it, go start your own podcast. Because fuck it. This is, the, this is the great equalizer to that bullshit that you hear on the radio every single day right here. And unfortunately, because not us, meaning us on the Christopher Network, just us as far as our timing in this whole podcast thing, we're kind of with that first group that's going through the wall. And we're not, you know, Mark Marin, Joe Rogan, and Adam Carolla, you know, guys who can monetize it just based on their name. We're just doing it for the love of it. And to be honest with you, I don't even know the fucking numbers of who listens. I couldn't tell you because I don't care because I would do this for five listeners the same way I'd do it for 50,000 listeners. If you could argue in the beginning, we may have been doing it for five listeners. <laughs> <laughs> So there you go. There's there's my begging for the well for probably the rest of my life done. So <laughs> as far as this goes, I'll just still beg for pussy every once in a while. It says donate, not subscribe. You just donate. You need to give it. Hey, it's money. Hey, listen. There's crowdfunding for a whole bunch of stupid shit on the internet. I'm not trying to donate shame you, but I'm just saying some of the things that people have given money to baffles my brain sometimes. So hey, if you like what you hear, a couple extra bucks. And I promise they'll put my name into the intro at some oh, point. Oh, yes. Ooh, if you want Iceman's name in the intro, donate so we can pay the voiceover. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> save the Iceman. Because if not, I'm it's going to be the most... Guru, you've got to save me. If not, it's going to be the most shitty punch in. It's going to be, here's your host, Chris and Rich and Iceman. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. All right, I make something super generic. Well, I'll figure that out. But thanks, everybody, who's listened to us, downloaded. On Twitter, you can follow us at Sporgy Podcast, And then on Instagram, at Sporgy underscore podcast. Uh, there's a Facebook page somewhere. Uh, but, yeah, Facebook. Zuckerberg doesn't like our Facebook page, so we're, we're, we're meeting resistance at every fucking turn to try to get it published. Yeah, because we, we have a dirty word. In our fucking name. They won't let us promote them either. But the other thing, too, is just as far as for my needs, as far as social media is obviously how we farm out uh, new listeners. Quite honestly, it's definitely how we get more new listeners. And Facebook, t- Twitter's been the most valuable resource. If they ever change up rules on Twitter, we're done. I'm shutting up the shop. We're hanging up the, just <laughs> we're hanging up the for sale sign. Because Twitter is the one that we're just new users constantly find us. So thanks to everybody who's found us on Twitter. But run all the social media platforms. I'm officially too old to. I can't figure out how to use Snapchat to, for our business. I, I know the mics are hot, but that's where I'm at with Snapchat. I've tried it. Figured, yeah, a lot of businesses do this. I can't figure out how to use it for us. So I don't know. But uh, we have been talking about uh, doing every podcast live because it it was. It went so well, and it went as far as from ease for us to do it with, when we did it with Unregimented. Uh, it shows it still be available in podcast form, uh, but as far as when we actually record it, we're kicking around just doing every podcast live. Uh, and I've already tested things on the internet, you know, to send people to the site if they wanted to listen live. So might have that coming at you guys. <laughs> Little warning for you guys, maybe you should have had this off the mic, but... <laughs> 
something to kick around, but thanks everybody who's listened. If, like Rich said, if you've come back, thank you. If you're new, welcome. And uh, happy Thanksgiving. We'll catch you guys next week. All right. Later, guys. Peace out, guys. If you enjoy this show and want more people to know about it, head on over to iTunes, leave a comment, and rate it five stars. Make sure you like and share us on Facebook, and don't forget to follow us on Twitter. Just search for Christopher Media. Thank you in advance for supporting Christopher Media by clicking on the PayPal button and by clicking through to all the sponsors who support ChristopherMedia.net. Most importantly, we would like to take the time to extend an extra special thanks to you. Christopher Media could not exist without your support. Thank you for visiting ChristopherMedia.net, and thank you for listening Christopher Media let's make some noise thank you for visiting ChristopherMedia.net